Georgia trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move by in here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Lead pass to Tim Hill, Jabari Davis, my man, how you doing? My man Randy, I'm doing well. How about yourself today? I'm doing good, man. Uh, first of all, welcome to the Retro Room, uh, season number two. Got a few episodes under my belt. And, you know, in doing this show in preparation, you know, Kobe, the Kobe and Shaq era was a, definitely a topic that I wanted to talk about. And there's only uh, a handful of people who would know the Lakers inside and out. So when that topic came into play, I'm like, I got to hit my man up, Jabari. I got to see if he's ready to go, if he's, if he's ready to, to step into the retro room. And now here you are. I'm going to keep it real with you. When, when you first started doing this last season, I, the first thing I thought was, oh, I got to get on that. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely have to. So I appreciate the invitation. Um, No doubt, man. I know we usually talk NBA, you know, with different teams during the season. So, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm the big Nick fan. You're, you used to cover the Lakers uh, back in the day. So um, I, I'm happy the Lakers are doing better. I wish I could say the same about my Knicks, but I think in, in, in due time, we'll get to your level, you know? Hey, you, you know, the funny thing about it is, I, unlike other people that, that say like, oh, you know, the big market teams have to do, you know, have to be, you know, be marketable or have to be you know in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't usually adhere to that, but I've been wanting I've been wanting positive things for your Knicks for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not being I'm not trying to patronize you. I, I actually mean that. Right. But, you know, for your sake, for all the diehard Knicks fans, it, it, it's time. You know, they don't have to be a title contender, but it's time for them to no longer be, you know, the the, the butt of jokes. Exactly, exactly. Hey, man, we got RJ Barrett on board. A, a couple, yeah, you know. a, a couple of nice young people. Uh, Fizdale in year two, giving him a shot. So, you know, the, the the culture is at least changing for the better. So at least there is some positive movement on that. But uh, I think we're still uh, a few a few years away, man. What are your thoughts on my guy Randall? Um, I think he's doing decent in New York. Um, he, you know, he's going to have to carry the load on the scoring and the rebounding effort here uh, with this uh, crop of players. But I think, you know, the main guy is going to be RJ at some point. And I think if yeah. RJ can, uh, I know he's a rookie, but I think I see him in, in a, a year or two developing where he is the, the, the alpha, the main go-to guy. They have a lot of players at one position, you know, because the Knicks happen to sign 10 forwards this summer. Yeah. So <laughs> so we got <laughs> Randall and, 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 and Knox and Morris and Mitchell Morris. Robinson and Portis. And yeah. I, I'm probably missing some other guys, but I think 
We are better than last year. I tell you that much. Um, there's more of an effort to win a game, unlike last year, where we're trying to lose on purpose to get Zion. That didn't work out. We got RJ instead. But at least there is some positivity, you know, going around. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, while I, I, you know, in my preseason prediction, I didn't have them in the postseason. You know, of course, uh, I think I put them right around 25, 26 wins, which, if I'm not mistaken, would be almost a nine or ten game, you know, ten game improvement from last year. So, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, I, I agree with you. You know, you, you do have the the market cornered when it comes to power forwards or forwards in general. But there there are a lot of pieces there that I, you know can contribute. And, and to be honest with you, I'm looking to see what they do uh, in the second half. You know, when when folks come looking, you know, for that playoff push mm-hmm. you know that extra little boost i'm looking to see the knicks actually active on that trade market right we're chatting here with jabari davis uh on twitter at jabari davis nba the co-host of the hot takes and shot fix podcast for hoop magazine along with my guy josh everly uh you yeah. can find it on itunes right right jabari i'm sorry you can find your podcast on itunes and where oh else? yeah I, itunes spotify uh apple music um, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere. Nice, nice. Hot takes and shot face, Jabari Davis and Josh Eberly. So last year I had your guy Josh on the show. Uh, we went to a deep dive about the Dallas Mavericks in the 90s mm-hmm. and the 2000s. V- very, very, very great conversation. Um, so I knew I had to get the other half of the podcasting duo on the show. And um, when it came to, to the Lakers, you know, I, I definitely want to take a deep dive into, into the Kobe and Shaq era, but I'm going to put that part on pause because I think what's important is to get the context of how the Lakers were before Shaq got there, before Kobe got there. And I'm primarily talking about the the, the early to mid-90s portion of the Lakers. So um, before we before we, we get into much detail of that five, six-year window, if I said Jabari Davis, explain to me the Lakers from 1990 to 1995, 96 before they get Shaq and Kobe. How would you explain it to people? Well, I mean, you have to consider coming in. You know, I, I grew up a child of the 80s. Well, I was born in the late 70s, but I, obviously I watched basketball all through the 80s as, as a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, coming off of that Showtime era when all of a sudden, you know, they, the, the, the last finals that that group or even part of that group went to was in 91. Then all of a sudden, you know, Magic's gone and Riles is gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, 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 the, the team looked like a shell of itself. Uh, you know, we, we were pretty we, we were pretty down for you. Know, and I say we, you know, because I am, a, you know, I grew up a Lakers fan. I'm not going to you know hide that. And, and quite frankly, I wouldn't be able to you know, by the end of this show. Anyhow, you know, <laughs> listeners that haven't haven't known me prior to now. Right. Uh, you know, we, you know, we were you know, we were pretty low. You know, they, they, they end up, you know, they go to the finals in 91. They're the eighth seed in 92. You know, mm-hmm. they end up getting kicked out in the first round. Uh, 93, they missed the postseason, which, you know, prior to this last six year stretch, that's just something that did not happen when it came, when it comes to the Lakers. Uh, you know, so they missed the postseason in 94, uh, 95, you know, they, they, they're, they're, 94 and 95 was when they really started to turn it back around. That's, you know, they had already, they ended up drafting Nick Van Exel and Derek Fisher and, you know, they had Eldon Campbell and, they, you know, they drafted Eddie Jones and, you know, it was kind of like that upstart team that the Lakers had last year prior to even, you know, signing LeBron with all of the young guys to where it was just a lot of fun, you know, watching these young guys come in and, you know, hit, you know, hit the ground running and develop, you know, develop a chemistry together. Um, 
you know, it, it, it was real nice to see it. it matter, and, and forgive me, I said D Fish. D Fish came in ninety in uh, ninety seven alongside Kobe. But you know, it, it, you, they had the makings of a of a team again to the point where they weren't title contenders, but at least they were in the conversation again. They were at least you know competitive. Um, you know, I, I can look back at that ninety five series against the Spurs where they lost in the second round. Um, and you know, look, hey. I don't I don't celebrate losses, but at that time where the fan base was, that was still an exciting you know series. If I'm not mistaken, that was a series where you have that game one. I think it was game one where Dick Van Exel, uh, you know, you know, catches the errant you know rebound and actually hits a one legged three pointer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know to, to seal that game. Now they right. ended up losing the series, but at least like I said, it, it, you know, they were instilling faith again once you know you know once again, and then all of a sudden you go into the summer of '97. Where you know, you know, Doctor, you know, excuse me, Jerry West and Doctor Bus, uh, you know, Jerry West has the vision and the foresight to put together the moves, you know, moving, you know, moving Vlade for Kobe, uh, moving, you know, George Lynch and Anthony Peeler in order to in order to clear up, you know, additional cash space for Shaq. Uh, you know, and, you know. So obviously, Jerry West had the vision. Doctor Bus, you know, had, you know, had the faith and 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 understanding, you know, to 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 let his. You know, you know, let his GM, you know, make moves like that. And then all of a sudden you come back, you know, you know, you've got Shaquille O'Neal in his, you know, just going into his prime, entering his prime. And a young kid, you know, at a lower Marion that, quite frankly, keep in mind that, you know, the time period, we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have the ability to just, you know, in the way that it exists now. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have the ability to just, oh, OK, well, let's just find out what this Kobe guy is. So none of us knew anything about him. But, they, but I can tell you right now, even though there were there were several growing pains, my man hit the ground running. And it, and it was it was pretty evident early on that he was going to be something special. For me, in preparation for the show, I, I really wanted to know. I know you mentioned it, but I'm going to mention it again. I, I, I was interested in knowing what the Lakers did from 90 to 95 um, and also to 96 before they got Shaq and Kobe. So I'm like, you know, what did the Lakers do? I, I remember they going to the playoffs in 90. Um, I was shocked that they, they were the defending champions going into 90 and they lost in the second round of Phoenix, which I, I didn't even, I thought they went to the conference finals, but they, they lost in round two. So then Detroit wins that year uh, to, to, to do the back-to-back. Now, pause on that real quick. I I did a show with John Corrales from uh, covering the Celtics, and we, oh, yeah. we were doing uh, 90s, I think, no, 80s, 90s, and a little bit of the 2000s when it comes to Boston. I think it's very important I mention that because at this point in time, when the Lakers are in, like, in 90, 91, they're changing just like this, just like Boston did, where the eighties oh, yeah. w- was dominated by the Lakers and Celtics. Now you come to a new era. There's Chicago, there's Detroit, there's New York, there's Atlanta. A lot of different teams. There's Portland, Phoenix. So it it, it felt Utah. like yeah. Utah. It felt like it was the end of an era, but you still had magic there. You still had, uh, I believe. In 1990, Pat Riley was still there, right? Or, or, or was yeah, he was still there. He was still there. Okay, so now they lose in 90 in the second round. Then they come back for 91. Now, Pat Riley is gone at this time, correct? Yep, he, he took off for your boys. Oh, that's right. 90, yeah. yeah, he took a year off, and then he became the, the, the Knicks coach in 91-92. Now you get Mike Dunleavy into the fold, correct? 
Was it Dun- yeah, Dunleavy was there Dun- and, and, you know, that, that was, and and if I'm not mistaken, he ended up staying for two years before we before we ended up with Randy Fund. Oh God. Uh- <laughs> yeah, it was rough. <laughs> um but you, but uh, you mentioned uh, you guys make it to the, to the finals in '91. So you, they're still magic. They're still worthy. A couple other guys there: Byron Scott, Cooper, Sam and, Perkins. Sam yeah, Perkins. Byron was still there. Coop still there. Um, I do recall that series because that's when Michael won the won the title for the first time. So me, as a fan, I missed out on the Showtime era. I did not see Showtime in its prime. I did not see the Celtics in their prime. So I, I get the latter part. Of the Showtime era, which is you know, it's neither here or there. But I wish I would have seen Magic in his prime. Um, Magic in his prime was just a different thing. Like a lot of like you know, the thing that bothers me the most, and you're you're certainly not guilty of it. Mm -hmm. But you know, we know we end up seeing it on NBA Twitter a lot, where it's almost like folks feel as though they have to denigrate the old timer or the, you know, like the, the, the past great in order to prop up the current great. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that, you know, as a longtime NBA fan, I've never quite understood, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, yeah, but, but when it comes to magic, magic was just something else, man. You know, like, so yeah, I, I wish for your sake, you would have been able to see prime magic as well. So then in 91 magic retires, right. With the whole yeah. HIV stuff and everything. So mad now, now it's like, you're really in a new different era, no rally, no magic. Um, is is Worthy still there at that time or no? Worthy was still there, and Worthy. If I'm not mistaken, Byron was still there as well. Okay, so now we get into '92, a whole different team. They go to the playoff, they're losing in round one to Portland. Yeah, um, and then Chicago, who, who eventually made the finals. So you know, right. not, not 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 too much shame in that. No, Ali, if they're gonna lose, you can say, "Hey, baby, well, we lost to Portland. They made the fucking finals." So it's it's a bit of a difference. Yeah. Absolutely. So then you get to 93. 93, you almost shocked the world in 93. Uh, yeah. You were, yeah, they went up 2-0 against the Suns. Had yeah. me thumping my chest, <laughs> you know, big and bad, thinking that they were, all we got to do is win one more. One nope. more. <laughs> and couldn't do it. But then, hey, at least you at least you could say, hey, we lost to Phoenix that made the finals. So that, yes, that, was, a, that was a weird time. Uh, y'all were the, the, two, the, the, the seven or eighth seed that year? Eight seed, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I, I believe, yeah, because I think Phoenix was number one. Yeah. Right. Um. Then we get to ninety four. Uh, ninety four. You did not make the playoffs. Yep. So just I, missed it all, all together. So that was the first time since what year the Lakers were not involved in the playoffs. Oh man, uh, definitely not in the '80s. So it would have it would have likely been in the mid or early early to mid '70s. Uh, 1976. The last time you were in the playoffs. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. So you're going. Cap was already on the team at that point, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So 18 years w- w- without missing the playoffs. So again, it, it must have been brand new to Laker fans, and it's like, all right, what are we doing? Um, who are we gonna draft? What's the next step? And it, it's, it's kind of a different era. But you guys bounce back in '95, and you make. The second round, and you lose yep. in six to San Antonio. So yeah, if I'm not mistaken, that's the series that I was talking about earlier. Where I think it was Game One, where uh, Nick won it at the end. Nick Van Exel, I'm speaking mm-hmm. of Nick the Quick, Nick at Night, whatever you want to call him. That was my guy, by the way. You know, like a lot of these folks, they grew up with Kobe being their guy. Yeah. You know, uh, I was already a late teenager by the time Kobe came around. Uh, so of course, I appreciated him, and uh, you know, I love you know, I appreciate everything about his game. But my guy, guy, growing up, was Nick Van Exel. 
Now, listen, fellow left, fellow lefty, you know, point guard. That's right. You know, so naturally, I tell you one thing, man. You know, with, with social media nowadays, we, you know, it's like someone like me. I tend to tweet about an old play or this guy. It's like I could I could tweet about Mahmoud or Mark Price, and the, the reason why I do it because these guys to me tend to be underrated or not talked about enough but they were so good that somehow some way they just, they just got forgotten about and I think people people on social media love Vic, Nick Van Exel but I, even to me to this day I still feel they don't talk about him enough or really praise him uh, am I wrong to feel like a player like Nick Van Exel still tends to be underrated I, I would agree with you on that, and I'm glad you mentioned Mahmoud because, quite frankly, he was my guy as well. I have this conversation with Josh all the time. Now, admittedly, Josh is 27, so I don't expect him to know mm-hmm. how good Chris Jackson at LSU and then eventually Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf was. But I'll tell you right now, uh, you know, when we talk about players that, you know, from yesteryear that could play or that we would like to see play in today's game, I would love to see Nick Van Exel. I would love to see Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf in today's game with the emphasis on the three-point shot and all and all of the different ways that the point guard position has really taken over yeah man nick nick, nick van exo's game man was so flashy the, the ball handle was there uh yep. a small guard all you know multiple you know, i think all-star uh, all-star 98 but just a guy like again probably ahead of his time if you drop nick van exo in today's game with how mm-hmm. everything is played, the rules are different. Hand, no, hand checking, not there. The three point is really what you got to do nowadays. Uh, Nick Van Exel at that height could be like a 25, 28 points per game scorer today. I, I actually, I actually would agree with you. I, yeah, yeah, Nick. And to your point that you made a second ago about him being underrated, part of that is because he ended up getting shipped out. Before you know, before the you know, that that Shaq and Kobe's team really came to fruition, he was on that first run yeah. uh, that ended up getting swept by the you know swept by the Jazz, and I'm sure you're going to you know you're, you're, you'll bring that up you know the whole Cancun Cancun situation, but you know well once he got shipped to Denver you know and if I'm not mistaken when he was shipped there they were a nine win or a ten win team it was kind of like out of sight out of mind and that's really unfortunate. Yeah, I'm actually trying to see who do you remember who who he got traded for. Van Exel? Ooh, was it like George McLeod and and, and somebody else? It, it, I I actually did not look that up. Um, that, that's kind of off memory, so forgive me. You know, there's gonna be Lakers fans out there like, no way, it wasn't George McLeod. But I, that's that's the name that popped in my head. Don't worry, I got you right now. June twenty fourth, ninety eight, Van Exel was traded to Denver for Tony Batie and the draft rights to Tyron Lue. Ah, okay. Well. Mm. I, I would say they the Lakers did not get the better you know, you know the better <laughs> deal out of that one and and quite frankly especially when it comes to Jerry West you know I, I'd be hard pressed to find another you know lopsided on the wrong side uh, you know deal because he you know he you know, he was money all throughout the eighties and you know for you know, for the bulk of the nineties mm-hmm. uh, that he was with the Lakers and I think not to not to defend someone who might say. You know, or, or might I, might I, even praise Van Exel enough because that that era, that decade, had a lot of great point guards. You know, he had Jay Kidd, you had Nash, you had um, uh, Gary Payton, Stockton. It was so many great point guards uh, to be. You know, again, I mentioned Mark Price and this Ross Strickland and Mark Mood. It's like you, you Kenny you, Anderson, Kenny yeah. Anderson. You could get lost in that shuffle, but it's not like they did it on purpose. But to me, I still feel like Nick Nick Van Exel should get more more of his due nowadays. Hey, hey, look, anytime you want to have a Nick Van Exel uh, fan party on on Twitter, I'm I'm right there with you. 
I'm 100% right there with you. So now we get to 95, 96. Um, I had the playoff in front of me. So 96. 96, they lost to the Rockets in the first round. round if I'm one. not mistaken, that was the year that Magic came back down the stretch. Okay, so now... now <laughs> oh, my God. So many things happened. So now we have Magic yep. retired. He comes... No, he coaches first. Yeah, that was in like 94. 94, 94. was when he coached the last like 12 games or something like that. So th- th- this is how bizarre that this era is going to be. Magic comes back to coach. He, I guess he, he resigns or gets fired or whatever. He comes back to play. I remember live 95, 94, whatever, 96, having Magic in the game, which I, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Um, then he leaves. And when is Dell Harris coming to play? Dell Harris, let's see. He would. He wasn't too far off from that. Mm. Um, let's see, because you know what, Dell Harris was already coach. Dell Harris was a coach in '95. Because I, I yeah, as a matter of fact, I think Dell Harris actually won Coach of the Year in '95. Oh really? So I may have I may have the year off, you know, where Magic came back, but for whatever reason, it's standing out to me that it was '96 that he came back. But Dell was still the coach at that point. Okay, Dell Harris. 94 to 99 Lakers head coach and then it, and then it was uh, Kurt Rambis for you know for the 99 season you know leading in the leading in the field right oh boy don't mention Kurt Rambis around Knicks fans please hey sorry man <laughs> hey, dude, look, it, it isn't like Lakers fans lo- you know you know, love him too much more outside of his you know actual play uh, trust wow. me we're, all, we're in the same boat so now after Magic retires, he comes back to coach. Then he comes back again. He also had that, that all-star uh, game in 92, which which was uh, oh, yeah. phenomenal. Um, but now it's like now you have Van Exel on board. You have Eddie Jones on board. You still got Vlade, Elder Campbell. You got an, uh, Sabalos was still there. So a, a, a decent yeah. roster coming off the playoffs. Um now it comes into a play where how do you get better looking to the future? So now I believe they they traded for Kobe before. Yeah, they traded Vladi uh, for Kobe okay. uh, on the, the, the day of the draft. Right. For the rights to you know, the rights to Kobe, they traded uh, George Lynch and Anthony Peeler uh, to clear up additional cap space to get more money uh, for Shaq. Okay, so now Kobe's a Laker, Laker before Shaq, correct? Technically, yes. Okay. So now, because, yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it, it, it's right there. But I think Shaq was. I think the Shaq announcement came like mid July. Mm. How how often do you ever think to yourself, man? If if Kobe was a Hornet, mm. oh man, look, I'm gonna say it just like this. I'm grateful. Uh, you know, the, the the rumors are out there that Jerry West essentially reached out to certain GMs and coaches and said, like, look, don't do it. Like Kobe is basically. By hook or by crook, this this young man is going to be a Laker, and as crazy as it and, and as crazy as it sounds, it worked, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they were able to pull that deal off. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, th- think about the other thirteen teams. If I'm not because if either Kobe was either thirteenth or fourteenth, imagine if he had just gone to one of those other teams. Like that, that it's it's crazy to me to think of just how differently the you know uh, the uh, the Lakers history and NBA history might be. Had Kobe gone to say a struggle franchise as opposed to one that was back on the rise? Mm. So let let me paint this picture for you. Let's play hypothetical. If Kobe Bryant oh. was, you know, he he got drafted by Charlotte, but let's say he stayed on the roster for that for that for that one year, he would have played with the likes of Raphael Addison, 
Muggsy Bogues. Scott. Uh-huh. <laughs> Scott. Was grandma still there? No, he went to New York. Oh, he was already in. The he was in New days. York. Okay. Um, Scott Burrell, Tom Chambers, Del Curry, Tony Delk, Jamie Fike, Matt Geiger, Anthony Goldwire, Eric Lechner, Anthony Mason, Ricky Pierce, Glenn Rice, Malik Rose, Donna Royal, Tony Smith, and George Zidek. Uh, yuck. <laughs> if you're you're asking for my response and also we have to keep in mind that's that's young Glenn Rice. Uh yeah, yeah not not the Glenn Rice that was ready to go. Uh you know, not not the Glenn Rice that was quite as ready to go by the time, you know, uh, you know, the late nineties came around and then obviously uh, you know, the early two thousands. Yeah. So yeah, that, that that would have been a very ugly situation. And really it's a testament to like it, we don't point this out enough and actually Draymond alluded to it. Uh, going into the season when they ended up picking up Marquise Chris. The reality is this. There's a lot to be said about the situation and the organization that a player gets drafted into or, you know, you know the, the, that a player plays underneath early in his career. Right. It's crazy to think it's you know, that you just named that roster. And quite frankly, even as raw as Kobe was, he would have been the best player on that team. And that and, and that's really saying something because you know landing with the Lakers that permitted him at least a, a couple years of runway mm-hmm. in order to you know acclimate himself you know to the pace to the size and to the speed of the you know right. of the NBA game and also grow in you know in, in, in his in his own physical stature. So yeah, no, they, they, it, it's interesting when you look at it that way, and you also have to you know, if you're Kobe Bryant, you have to recognize how charmed of an existence you've had. <laughs> Oh yeah, because now when you when you get traded to LA, you're playing with Corey Blunt, uh, Sabalos, Fisher, Robert Ory, Eddie Jones, Jerome Kersey, Joe Klein, Travis Knight, Larry Kristoviak, George McLeod. You you eventually get Shaq on board, Ramil Robinson, Sean Rooks, Byron Scott, and Nick Van Exel. Yeah, and then the, what would the, uh, Rick Fox come the next year? The next uh, summer. I got you right now, Rick. I think Rick Fox might have. Yes, Rick Fox came in uh, 97, 98. As a free agent from the Celtics, which is funny because he could have gotten more. He he took a a significant cut in order to come to his team, you know, to his original team's uh, rival, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, quite frankly, I understand. You know, you got Shaq out there in, in in its Los Angeles at that time. I completely understand it, but it is significant. You know, like another, again, a testament to Jerry West. Definitely, and you know what? I, I got I got a down for you today, November fifth, ninety six. Kobe makes his debut in the Garden, and we're, and we're doing a show today on the fifth of November. Hey, there it is. I mean, I See? know. Hey, listen, it was one point he scored, but still, <laughs> it's still MSG debut. It wasn't the sixty one he scored in oh uh, nine, but still. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I feel like he made up for that over the, over oh, the yeah, course of his yeah, career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we at okay now. Kobe's on board, and then Shaq coming from Orlando. Um, they, they're coming off a sweep in the conference finals against Chicago. Chicago goes on to win win the title, um, and then. Shaq is having a little beef with the Magic, and he might want to leave, and Jerry West comes on board and then takes Shaq away from the Magic and gives him a seven-year, $120 million deal. And 
you know, I think we've seen the documentaries and stuff like that where Shaq, you know, was one day watching Sports Center and he saw the contract that Alonzo Mourning was getting. He was like, oh, shit, no, if, if Zoe is getting that and I'm better than him and I do, I, yep. I do more to him, then I'm going to get, I need more than that. So Orlando, I could be wrong, was not trying to give him what he was looking for. It's not like Orlando did, did, did not want him to stay, but I just think they couldn't you know come to terms on numbers and lo and behold Shaq gets the offer from Jerry West and the Lakers and Shaq is your new big man Laker for for the foreseeable future now before he signs with the Magic I'm sorry with the Lakers what were your thoughts on Shaq as a player do you think he that he could be that franchise changing kind of player before he gets to Los Angeles so and you know for the for the younger listeners out there you know how you feel about Zion, how you felt about him? Well, just imagine if Zion was seven inches taller. Because, you know, like, honestly, like, I, I look, I recognize, you know, Shaq is seen as a you know, big, lovable, silly, goofy, this, that, and the other. But young Shaq, prime Shaq, was something so fierce, something so absolutely physically dominant and destructive that, you know, the league just, you know, simply hadn't seen it. Now, I'm not, you know, there's no disrespect to Will Chamberlain because obviously he had that same type of physical, you know, advantage at the time that he played. But, you know, we're not talking about 40, 50 years ago. We're talking about, you know, in, in the modern era of basketball. So, you know, to, you know, to the point where I loved Shaq. I, I like Shaq at LSU because, keep in mind, he was, you know, he was the running mate with Chris Jackson, you know, uh, uh, later on about Muda Abdul-Raouf. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's the big dude's name? Was it, uh, he actually, his, his, his freshman year was, was Stanley Roberts' backup. You know, that changed pretty quickly. But no, Shaq was, you know, Shaq was just something else. It, it's, it's another reason why, as much as I love Draymond, and as much as I, you know, I, I, I'm also one to not just crap all over the modern game, because I, I love it, you know, for different reasons as well. It's silly when folks, you know, and I'm sure you saw this being said, you know, a couple mm-hmm. years back, that Draymond would, you know, would lock Shaq up. It's absolutely asinine. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> asinine. And anybody saying that is a clown. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shaq was just something. Was just something. You know, was was like no other. Listen, man, prime Shaq. Uh, that era, man. Him and Penny. Shaq breaking backboards and just dunking on everybody. And um, you know, eventually had had a more evolved game after that. But Orlando Shaq, like you mentioned mm-hmm. for the for the for the young listeners, man. You, you just never saw that in the NBA. Like we can say, Jordan's the, the go. And he, t- and he took over games and you can't guard him. There was nobody in the NBA to stop Shaq. They, they changed the rules because of Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had to because he was that big and strong and agile and, and nimble. You know, like it, it's, it's one thing to be seven foot, 300 plus. It's a whole other thing to be leading the break. You know, crossing you know, crossing other you know, you know, fellow big men up, spinning off of them, dunking them through the basket. Shout out to what's what's my man's name, Chris Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh man, so, yeah. Honestly, anybody that doesn't know, go to YouTube and just look up Shaq highlights. Not the not the Boston era Shaq. No, not the you know, not the Cleveland era Shaq. Not, not the Phoenix. Phoenix. No, look up. Look up Lakers and 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 Orlando Magic era Shaq and, yes. and, and and yeah, it was a sight to behold. So the year that Shaq comes on board, uh, his final year in Orlando, he's averaging on a round off twenty seven, eleven, 
two blocks, three assists, and and that's the free agent you're getting to be your center, your your center focal point yep. for your team. A 27-11 guy coming on board, and again, the the the, the centers at that time, yeah, you, you got a lot you on. And Elijah won destroyed Shaq in '95 Finals. Um, David Robinson, I I I I I like Shaq more than D Rob. I thought D Rob was good, but he wasn't on Shaq level. No. Um, Alonzo was tough. Ewing, yeah, Pat. Pat Ewing, Matumba was there. Yeah. Um, Rick Smith was was uh, efficient. Absolutely no. Rich Mitch was a hey. Rich. Don't sleep on Rich. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. He, 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 he did what he did. <laughs> and he, he did you had well. an older Arvidas Sabonis finally come over. Yeah, obscene. Um, but I mean, the, the moral of the story is Shaq was when. Matter of fact, question: When did Shaq become the best center in the league? Was he still with, with Orlando, or when he eventually got to LA? Now, the best center of the league when he was with Orlando, you just alluded to it, was the team Elijah Moore. Yeah, okay. It was absolutely the dream. Uh, I would say 96, 90, like 97, 98, uh, he was already there. Mm-hmm. But by 2000, it wasn't even a question. It was not even a question. So for, for me, I would say 90, you know, 98, you know, he, he, he was, he was, head, he was I, I would say head and shoulders above the rest because, you know, you, you ended up with an older Hakeem by that time. David Robinson was still effective and, you know, even, even helping, you know, lead the Spurs to a title right. uh, in, in the strike sword of the season. But he still, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't what Shaq was by that stage. So, so I, I honestly think 98. So as a fan, um, there's been many duos. I, I I don't want to fast forward, but you know we we seen what what Shaq and Kobe did, and um you know Shaq and Penny. We seen what LeBron and Wade. We seen what you know Marbury and Garnett. Those those dynamic duos, um that I that I felt were cut short. That that could have been longer. That should have been longer. But before we get to Shaq and Kobe, what did you make of the Shaq and Penny duo that that made you, you know feel, it's funny? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, my bad. Uh, I, I get excited when you start talking about, <laughs> about this. <laughs> oh, but it's yeah, funny. Man. I actually, you know, I, I can't release the audio yet, mm-hmm. uh, but I actually just interviewed Penny and asked him that same exact thing. Like if, if he ever had the feeling of what if right. about about that pairing, because quite frankly, um, while I understand why Shaq ended up leaving, I would have loved to have seen it. And this is coming from somebody that, you know, that, that my favorite duo is Shaq and Kobe. But I would have loved to see at least another couple years, uh, you know, from Shaq and Penny. Uh, uh, you know, they, 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 they went, you know, they had tremendous amount of success there in Orlando. They didn't get quite over the top, but, you know, they had, you know, they had a finals run. Uh, they had, you know, deep playoff, you know, deep postseason runs each year that they were together. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate because I do think that that could have been a special duo as well. As yeah, well. yeah, because I, I, I find it um, a little where if Shaq has stayed, and again, we're talking like prime, healthy Penny Hardaway. Yes, because um, he didn't get hurt till his fifth year. I think that was what, 97, 98, right? Somewhere around there, either that or 99. I think 98. 90, 98, 99. Yeah, I, know, I know he killed Miami in 97 playoffs. I know that for a fact. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking, like, if Shaq had stayed, and now you got you got Chicago coming from uh, a 72-win season, they're, they're running it back. Like, does Shaq and Penny even get to the finals again? Do they even get to the conference finals with knowing, knowing what Chicago was doing and Miami – Miami was getting better. New York was getting better. Indiana was getting better. Like it was, it it would have been tough, but 
that's always a major what if. If Shaq and Penny stay one, two, three more years with what with the return of Jordan in full effect, how would they have fared, you know? I think if they had had another wing, and this is no disrespect to Dennis Scott, no disrespect to Nick Anderson or any of those guys, but if they had, had, if they had, had another wing, in particular a defensive wing, they could have competed with those Bulls teams. Otherwise, it would have been them probably losing to the Bulls in the conference finals still. Yeah, I don't know, man. That, that, that's I mean, tough. Mike is Mike, man. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Dennis, and you know, and Pippen. That 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 was a hard trio that's to beat. Hard. Yeah, and then then you got um you got Ron Harper playing defense too. You got Tony yep. Kukoc out there. It, it was Chicago at that time was too much, man. It was a lot. It was a lot, and you know, Orlando. Orlando got got lucky that that uh, that ninety five year Jordan getting ripped by Nick Anderson coming back from retirement. They got lucky because I think if Michael was there for a full year, I think Chicago would have beaten Orlando. But again, that's part of just me being biased because I'm a big MJ fan. But I think at that time, Orlando, Orlando was the team of the future. It just never, it just never got that far aside from from the '95 Finals. No, you know what's funny is you know whether you're a Mike guy or not. I I actually agree with you. Uh, you know, if he's there the whole year or if he's there even another, like, say, 15 to 20 games, if he had a little bit more runway to get it going, they probably still get him. They, you know, like, yeah. the, 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 honestly, when the Bull, when the, the mid-90s for the Bulls, you weren't be, it's kind of like with uh, with Golden State for this run. If they're healthy, they're going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just that, it's just that simple. And, exactly. and that Bulls team, if they were healthy, they were going to get you. I try to find some questions that that are not are not normally asked when it comes to Shaq and Kobe. Uh, I got a few, um, and I got a few of the regular ones. But um, a guy who gets overlooked is Eddie Jones as well. You know him and, and Van Exel. I think did a great job with the Lakers in the backcourt, and then eventually you get you get Kobe in, um, involved in. Ironic how Eddie Jones goes to Charlotte, <laughs> the team that Kobe was supposed to go to. But sure. I want to ask you. How how important was Eddie Jones to Kobe? Where at some point, you know, Kobe does take the reign of, of starting of the, of the starting two guard from Eddie Jones, and just being that professional of letting of just letting letting it be. How important was Eddie Jones to the career of, of the early development of Kobe Bryant? I mean, obviously, this would be a question that you know Kobe would you know would be you know most qualified to answer. But from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of what I alluded to earlier, I think you know Eddie's presence gave Kobe the runway to just develop, as opposed to if Eddie's not there and then you know you've got Kobe and and you all of a sudden you're trying to make a 17, you know, just barely 18 year old kid your starting shooting guard at that time in the league, uh, you know, it, it might not have gone quite the same for him. Now. Knowing what we know about Kobe after the fact, we we realize he would have you know he even if it looked rough, he would have kept going until until it didn't. Uh, but yeah, no, like like uh, it, it, I I think it's impossible to say that Eddie's presence didn't help at all. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, you know, being a seven like I said, being a 17, 18 year old kid, you know, coming into this league, going up against Eddie in in practice on a regular basis, that right. had to help. That had to help. Mm-hmm. Now, in Kobe's rookie year, his vet was actually Byron. That's what's funny is that was Byron's last year, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the Lakers. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I would have to imagine that Eddie being there for those first uh, two, three years that you know that played a significant role in in, in his uh, furthering his development. Real quick, as a fan, um, did you ever go to the forum? 
absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. How was it, man? I've I, I never been there. I heard great things about it. I went to it. I went to the outside of it a few years ago. I, I never stepped foot in, into the forum, obviously, for a, 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 a Laker game. But you got to tell me, how was it, man? Man, it was special because, and and this and this is coming from someone that loves Staples Center, you know, like you know. So I'm not taking anything away from the run that they've had, mm -hmm. but it was special in a sense. It was one of those old school buildings. Now they've renovated it now to the point where you know you go there for you know concerts and stuff, and it's great. Right. Um, but uh, back in the day, it was intimate. It was dark. It was like cavernous. <laughs> uh, you know, when the and and you know anybody that watches the game, they see how the Lakers light. You know, like you know their stadium. They did that. That started at the Forum. Uh, you know, it, it's sexier. It's you know, it, you know, it's Hollywood. Uh, Dr. It's Hollywood. Doctor Bus brought in. You know, if I'm not mistaken, Doctor Bus introduced cheerleaders to the NBA. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, you, you had that aspect of it. You're you're in Los Angeles in the '80s and '90s. I'm sorry, man. It, like it, it just doesn't compare to me now. That I'm not taking anything away from MSG. You know, I respect MSG, and I I actually haven't been there for a game, and that's something that I'm going to rectify before wow. I, you know, before the end of the, you know before the end of this run. Wow, uh, but. But uh, yes, uh, uh, the Great Western Forum, as it was called at that time, because they were uh, sponsored by the you know, uh, Great Western Bank. Right. Um, uh, yeah, it, it was something special. Quite frankly, it still bothers me to this day. It makes me so hot to this day. 1999, the final game there. Uh, I can still see Kobe dribbling the ball off his leg. You know, like they were just listless. They're playing the Spurs. They were they're you know, on the verge of getting swept. And mm -hmm. right after the sweep, I I, I, I wasn't at the, the final game there, but I did go to one of the games there. Mm -hmm. uh, right after the sweep, you got Mario Ellie, you know, going through the tunnel, looking at the camera saying, yeah, the great Western form is shut down forever. It just clowned it. And it hurt my soul. Wow. <laughs> and as a person that ended it, you know, that loved that. That building it hurt my soul when he said it because it was true yeah 99 is tricky because they they beat my knicks in the finals uh yeah i know yes. i know the pain um you do you do know who owns the form right who owns it currently yeah uh let's see you know, honestly, I don't know who owns it currently. I know it was a church at one. It, a church was was leasing it at one point, but then once they renovated, it, oh, what's the name? Your boy does. Actually, I do know. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, it's it's the dude from New York. It's uh, Jimmy Dolan. That's right. Madison Square Garden Company owns the Great Western Forum. And he's getting paid off of it as well because they have concerts there nonstop. Oh man, um, yeah, that's that's definitely one. I'm surprised you've never been to the Garden. It's, a, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But I, like I said, I will, before the end of this run, I'm, I'll make it to the garden. <laughs> so we're even. I've never been to the forum, and you never been. You ain't been to the garden. So we're even. There you go. Well, actually, it's worse. It's worse for me <laughs> that I haven't been to the garden. The forum, <laughs> then I still play in there. <laughs> so, yeah, no, oh, it, you know, it is what it is. I'll make it happen. Um, You mentioned earlier quickly about the the playoffs in 97 obviously i never spoke to anybody uh, about it but you know the kobe the four air balls i i really find that to be very vital to his career i, I saw it on youtube earlier I, you know i keep hearing about it i know i saw it live back in the day i keep seeing it but let me go watch it again and uh -huh. it, was, it was just like yeah they're playing utah is it's round two and it's young kobe rookie kobe and um you know Shaq fouled out and you know, Dell Harris says, "Listen, man, you 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 you're the best offensive player we had we got right now. So I'm gonna go through you." And you know, and listen, Kobe Kobe tried, made the effort, 
um, four air balls. It, it, it's still whatever from, from, from back then. And I think Kobe used it as motivation, as fuel uh, to him being becoming a better player. You know, he even said that after the game or part of the day after or something like that, he was in the gym shooting all day. And um, that's how, like, the, the, the mentality, the, the Mamba mentality was born, I think, back in, at that point. Um, and then later, he, you know, he, he comes back the following year you know, better and more primed than they've, they've met in the first game of the season against Utah. He gets, you know, a whole, a 20, 25 points, so he's, he's ready. But it shows you how that kind of game, playoffs, on the road, you, you, you make the effort. People are looking at you to, to make a shot, but you put up four air balls and Shaq putting his arms around Kobe like, don't worry about it. You will get more opportunities down the road which I felt was very important too. So you as a fan or even now later on covering it or seeing it, like how important was the four airball game to Kobe Bryant's future and career? I mean, honestly, you just laid it out perfectly. It, you know, it, it, it set the foundation because here's the deal. Shaq tells this story and I'm sure you've heard it. Your listeners may have heard it, but when he talks about that situation, he says, none of us, and he's speaking of the veterans on that team, he said, none of us wanted those shots. Kobe the man, Kobe was like, all right, let's go. He said, uh, Shaq even says, like, if, you know, if, if, if any of us went up there and airballed once, we probably would think twice about shooting it the second time. And right. if we airballed the second time, there's no chance we're shooting it the third time. Kobe shot that fourth one with no problem because he genuinely believed that he was going to make them. He was going to make it. And, and to me, you're exactly right. You know, I know folks, you know, they 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 they, they snicker about the Mamba mentality and all that. And, and honestly, it, it, it has you know grown to a silly level in a lot of cases. But the reality is this. That man had it. He may you know whether he, whether he developed it in Italy, mm-hmm. whether he developed it in Lower Marion or whether it happened that night, you know, like, you know, you know, whatever the case may be, he had it. He showed it, and you know I, I fully agree. If you don't have that four air ball game, you might not have exactly what ended up taking place. Because again, I can't imagine being 18 years old and being in that position. Quite frankly, my legs would have been shaking to the point where I wouldn't be able to get the shot up. Mm. You know, this this guy was going against the you know defending you know Western Conference champions and eventual Western Conference champions again, and said, "Okay, give me the ball, let's go." Right. Yeah, man. For me, I I, <laughs> I take one shot. It's an air ball. I'm like, nope. I don't want it <laughs> in that environment. And plus, that was um the the elimination game too. So if they lose it, they're out. So they were down three uh-huh. one. That series is like, uh, you know, listen, man. I I I wouldn't want to be in that spot. But I think as a young as a young kid that Kobe was, and just knowing the the, the future direction of the Lakers, it's like. It's like he had to go through that. For, yeah. As weird weird as it might sound, he had to go through that to, to get all of that out the way. Because when he comes back in year two, in year two, he wasn't he, he wasn't starting yet, right? No, no. I, I don't think he became a starter until year three. Okay, so now year one, year two, not a starter, getting, coming off the bench, and everybody's praising you, and you know, you're like the next Michael Jordan kind of player, and that's going on in his head and in people's minds. So I look at that game as the starting point where he becomes this this, this guy who's focusing on, on every single game, no matter what it is. Um, when you do hear the Jordan comparisons, uh, or when you heard the Jordan-Kobe comparisons very early on in, 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 in his career, 
Do you feel like one because we, you know Jabbar, we do that nowadays all the time. We 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 can say somebody who came out last year. Oh, he's the next Steph Curry. He's the next. Yeah. It's it, it is what it is. But back then, again, there's no social media, no Instagram, no Twitter, YouTube. It's like the rumors or the, or the, the what you hear is like in the magazines, like Slam and stuff like that, or even like uh, newspapers and stuff like that. So when you're hearing that Kobe is like the next Michael Jordan because before that it was Grant Hill. Then they went to yeah. Kobe. So now with the mannerisms. With wait, wait, the, wait. It was also J.R. Smith or J.R. Ryder. No, it was J.R. Ryder. It, no, it, it, it was Harold yeah. Miner. Yep. It was yep. Grant Hill. I thought Grant Hill was, Grant Hill was tough. Um, but Kobe kind of fit that next Michael mode. But as a fan, were you more like, nah, man, there's only one Michael? Or, or were you like, listen, Kobe might be that guy. So I, I'll be honest with you. I was fighting it at first because I want, you know, like, you know, you know how I am. Like, for one, there's only one Mike. And two, mm-hmm. why you want to be on someone else's jock? That, that was my honest to God thought at the time. Um, you know, that's just kind of how I go. But, Look, people can say what they want to say about Kobe, and like, and what's funny is, you know, much like I was like kind of alluding to earlier, uh, you know, folks say a lot of stuff right. uh, and sound real silly. Uh, Kobe is an all-time great. Uh, you know, he just is. Uh, you know, anybody that's watched the game, you know, can understand that. Uh, he's probably the closest approximation to Mike that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, while I was fighting it at first, at a certain point, I just finally accepted it, and, and, and it ended up embracing it to the point where it was like, "Hey, look, he might not be Mike, but it, 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 it ain't too much space in between those two guys." Exactly. At their best. Exactly. If Mike, if Michael's, if if Kobe's the next Michael, um, he ain't that far behind because I know people can compare Michael and LeBron, which I I kind of get, but I, I don't get the 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 big the main comparison is is Michael and Kobe. Like Kobe got five rings and he got Kobe got more points in history than than Jordan. Like it, it yeah. is it, it is what it is. Yeah, look, and this is that's not the you know not to take anything away from LeBron because LeBron is an all time great as well. And there's no question whatsoever. Right. But in terms of if actually comparing to Mike and his style and his mentality and, mm-hmm. and his you know his skill set, I don't like I said I don't think there's anyone closer than you know than what Kobe got to. So Kobe, I want I want to test your memory here. Kobe becomes. Uh-oh. Uh, well, he's he's an off the bench guy in LA, but now he becomes a starter in the '98 All Star Game. So he gets voted uh-huh. in by the fans as a reserve during a regular season. Now he's a starter in the All Star Game. So now, do you recall the starting five for the 1998 All Star Western Conference team? Ooh, okay. So I think it was Kobe, mm-hmm. Garnett, Gary Payton. Uh, I can't remember offhand. Do I have any of those right? You got you got three so far. Yes, you're missing okay, two. Okay, let's see. Ninety-eight. Oh, one is obvious. All alone. Okay, one more. Uh, Very let's obvious. See. You need a point, so it would have either been John Stockton or you. You need a center. Oh, I need a center. Yeah. In ninety-eight Western Conference. Very oh, obvious. Check. Okay, very obvious. <laughs> yeah, okay, then yeah, the, the, the answer is check. Um, Kobe was number two on voting for the guards behind Gary Payton. Uh-huh. Uh, Michael obviously led the, the entire way with over a million votes. Um, the remaining 
all-stars for that team for the West was hold up should have been Duncan should have been let's see at that time well then Carmelo still would have been on the team I'm looking at it right now Stockton would have been on the team Duncan would have been on the team uh, okay so you got Gary Payton Kobe uh, Garnett Carmelo and Shaq starting five off the bench Jason Kidd Eddie Jones yep. Nick Van yep. Exel. Nick Van Exel as well. Yeah, I was going to say, that was a year that the Lakers had four. Mitch Richmond, Tim Duncan, Vin Baker. There we go. And David was Robinson. Kemp, was Kemp still here or was he in Cleveland at that time? Sean Kemp made the roster, but for the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference. Ah, okay. He was in Cleveland. All right. So the Eastern Conference had uh, Penny Hardaway, Jordan, Grant Hill, Sean Kemp, Matumbo starting off the bench. Tim Hardaway, Reggie Miller, Steve Smith, Glenn Rice, Antoine Walker, Rick Smith, and Jason Williams from New Jersey. Oh, wow. Shout out to Jason Williams. RIP to that driver. All right. Yeah, wow. That would I know that's a rough one. Oh, man. And that was at the Garden. So this, I think this is probably the first time you saw Kobe and Michael go one-on-one uh, to some degree, right? Yeah, well, I mean, they had played each other in the regular season, right? In Chicago, um, okay. but it, but this this was the first like showcase. And if yeah. I'm not mistaken, this is a game where they uh, iced Kobe out in the, in, the, in that fourth quarter, right? Uh they did. I'm pretty sure this is that game. Like Kobe was going, you know, blow for blow. It was either this year or the year that following, but I think it was this year it where they been. iced him out. Uh, you know, because it, it was it was Jordan's MVP to win. Yeah, it might have been because the following year there was no All Star game, so it had to be ninety eight. Yeah, I think it was. It had to be ninety eight. Um, yeah, I, I think it was cool because you know, just, just, just you know, you're a reserve in the, in the regular season, and there are fans who are liking you enough to make you start in the All Star game. You know, the the one of many starts for Kobe in in, in his uh-huh. career, but and also doing it at the Garden, so kind of special. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a game. I'm going off of memory. I think he caught that lob from Garnett, yep. which was crazy. Yep. Uh, he had to around the back into the same hand, mm-hmm. you know, drive and little hook that he did against Dikembe. Uh, yeah, it was a it, 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 you said Dikembe was on that roster, right? Yes. I was going to make sure my memory is serving me properly. Yeah, that was that, that was a great game. And if I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the ice out game. I think that's one. If you I wouldn't say a Mount Rushmore. Because there's so many games, but if you if someone said top five, top ten, set top seven, all star games, I think '98 is up there. Oh, it's got to be up there. It absolutely has to be up there. '98 is up there. '92 is up there. You know, from a, just a nostalgic you know moment in time where you know Magic returned after mm-hmm. being retired, uh, gets the All Star Game MVP, hits that final little kind of like one legged three pointer over you know be his good friend or right. you know I don't know if they were friends at that time. Um, you know Zeke. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, you know, the, the certain games definitely stand out. 96 stands out because I think that was a year where Shaq absolutely destroyed um, destroyed David Robinson of on course. the break, you know, with, with that with that dunk. Yep. Uh, I think yeah. uh, um, 01 is up there too. 01, I'm trying to think what happened that Remember year. Remember when the West was up by like 20-something and uh, Iverson and Marbury Iverson, them back? Yes, yes. Wasn't Iverson and Marbury? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, Shout man. Shout out to Stephon. <laughs> um, so the Lakers 
make the playoffs in 99. They lose to San Antonio's uh, second round, I believe, and uh, they get swept. So, um, And then we get the, the Phil Jackson era starting in L.A. He comes on board, five-year, $30 million contract, becomes a coach for in the beginning of 2000. And now you now with Phil Jackson on board and Shaq being there three, four years and Kobe being there three, four years, now there's a higher expectation from this team uh, going forward. So now the landscape of 2000, yes, you had the Knicks, Indiana, no, no Bulls to be found. You had Portland up there. Utah was still around. I'm not sure about Houston and Phoenix. So L.A., was like, all right, you you got to make the, the the conference finals or the finals, and eventually, eventually they they do. So, Phil's there, they win the title. Before that, what did you make of the Phil Jackson hiring, and did you feel like it was good for both Shaq and Kobe that Phil Jackson was now on board? Absolutely, I I, I was that guy. This the moment they hired him, I said, okay, let's go. Let's go. It would, because keep in mind, again, I'd had enough of the Dell Harris system. I'd had enough of the Kurt Rambis situation. That that wasn't, you know, that clearly wasn't going to work. Uh, it was time for, you know, they had put all the all that money into, you know, bolstering the roster and, 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 and cultivating these guys. It was time to, you know, stop playing games, pay the money that it took to bring in Phil Jackson. And they made the right decision, clearly. Uh, you know, Phil Jackson, his, you know, at his first press conference, challenges Shaq to get into the best shape of his career. Challenged him. Mm-hmm. And that it ended up resulting in Shaq's you know, uh, one and only MVP, which is also crazy to me. Uh, but it should have been a unanimous MVP. Yes, I still remember the guy that voted for AI. It was Fred Hickman. Shout out to that brother. You know, uh, <laughs> a, uh, you know, it made no sense whatsoever then. Still makes no sense. That should have been the first unanimous MVP, in my honest opinion. No no shade and no slight uh, to Steph. Uh, but that, you know, that, that was crazy back then. Uh, as you as you touched on it, they won the title that year. I was at game two of those finals. As a matter of fact, the the game that Jalen Rose, you know, uh, ultimately acknowledged that he ended up putting his you know, stepping underneath Kobe on purpose. I was at that game. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that Shaq Shaq was not unanimous MVP because somebody Fred Hickman voted for Iverson. That is accurate. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I, I'm going to try to defend Iverson. I know. Uh, I know what happened. Shaq deserved the MVP, but I want I want to go back to AI. 28, okay. 28, 5, and 4. Uh-huh. 28, 5, and 4. Two steals in 2000. Um, trying to see what, at least what the record was. Their record was, I don't know. But they lost in the first round, I think. Either way, Shaq was getting what thirty and fifteen and four blocks, and still, yeah, I, like, yeah. Honestly, anybody that watched that season, they 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 knew, <laughs> like like it was obvious who it yeah, was. Yeah, because now, like, yeah. They, they won uh, the, the Sixers in, in two thousand one forty nine games, finished okay. third uh, in the Atlantic. Uh, let's okay. see. I can't. I can't quickly look. But yeah. No, hey, look. Look. I love Iverson, so I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But mm. yeah, that 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 was Shaq's award. <laughs> that yeah. Was absolutely I mean, Iverson got his the year after. Um, even even to this day, Shaq is very upset that he did not get unanimous because he would see like Curry get a unanimous and you know whatever uh-huh. case may be. So Shaq would still throw a little jabs here and there, which I mean. I mean, Jabari, at that time, Shaq was the most dominant player in the NBA. He's getting 35 and 15. Now, that's only the regular season. 
And the finals was even more, and the playoffs was, playoffs uh, yep. was even more than that. Uh, than that. Shaq was ridiculous in those finals, like especially in the finals, like the the, the you know the. The misconception, like, you know, it, it's it's funny when people say, like, oh, you know, one player carried the other one. Both Shaq and Kobe were absolutely pivotal. In fact, especially in the second and third of the championship runs, mm. Kobe did like, the bulk of the heavy lifting all throughout the playoffs. But when it came down to the finals, it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a conversation. Shaq put the, you know, Kobe was still Kobe and it was still great. But Shaq put that team on his back and said, let's go. It's time. I only got, you know, I, I got a seven-game stretch, and we and we not even going seven. So, so <laughs> some of those numbers were absolutely eye popping. But the, the absolute destruction that he, you know, that he served up, uh, you know, especially in the like I said in that second and third run against the Kembe in the second run, and unfortunately, you know, shout out to Todd McCullough against the Todd McCullough, you know, so, oh, uh, the, the, at the center. In uh, in New Jersey at the mm-hmm. time, but obviously you know it's the Brooklyn Nets now. But New yeah. Jersey at that time, it was it just wasn't fair. I want to ask you, man. I, um, do you do you believe any myths about that game seven against Portland? Because you know when you read social media and old articles, it's like, hey, the NBA wanted the Lakers to be in the finals. They did not want Portland and Indiana to be in that finals. Uh, the referees had something to do with it, or they, you know, yeah, LA was down fifteen. Okay, they came back. They made shots, but. Do you believe any of these submissions? Or you, or you felt like Portland had a lead, they lost it, Shaq and Kobe were better, and they won the game? So the thing with that game is this. A lot of folks, you know, especially when they're on the losing side of things, they come up with reasons and they, you know, look, they want to point to one play or a couple plays at, at, at a key moment or in key moments where, hey, look, you know, this didn't go our way. So this is clear-cut evidence that the league didn't, you know, you know had it out for us. Um, I'm a Raiders fan. I'm a, I'm one of those whiny Raiders fans that sits there crying about the tuck rule on a regular basis. But the truth of the matter is, the Raiders lost that game, and the and the Patriots dynasty was born. It is what it is. It doesn't like history. The history books aren't going to sit there and make you feel better about it. And the funny thing about that game is, you know, you know how I mentioned earlier that I was at Game Two of those of the finals that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was technically actually supposed to be at that particular game, and as crazy as it sounds, I had to back out of it. I'll be quick about it, but basically, here's the story. I, um, I'm, I'm at like one of my, I'm with my boy at one of his company retreats, and I'm gonna tell you the truth. I'm a, you know, I'm a 20 year old man at that point, 20, 21 year old man. He told me it was gonna be some, some ladies at this retreat, so I said, okay, let's go. He promised me that we would be back in time to catch that game. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, while I was there, now this is not, you know, I'm not trying to be a name dropper, but it, you know, this is just a fact of the matter. Mm-hmm. At that time, I was coaching two of Ice Cube's kids in, you know, in basketball, okay. you know, rec league, right? Nice. Um, Cube took a liking to me, and you know, w- was very, very kind to me. You know, like you had me at the house, you know, you know, several times. Let us practice at the house. I went. I, I had some real good experiences as a result. So he calls me. Now, this is early cell phone days, but he calls me and says, like, hey, you know, do you want, you know, what's going Do you want to go to the game tonight? And my response to him was, Q, I'm stuck. Like, he, he called, like, two hours before the game started. Mm-hmm. I was like, Q, I'm stuck out here in Malibu. And anybody that's familiar with the um, with the uh, L.A. geography and especially L.A. traffic. Oh, and it, 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 I just so happened to be stuck in a traffic jam trying to get back. Uh, that will tell you that, you know, that's probably just not going to happen. It was like I said, let you even less than two hours before the game. So anyway, we finally get back through traffic. We make it back to the valley where I was living at the time. Uh, we turn the game on. It's the third quarter. 
My boy looks at me and goes, oh, they're getting killed anyway, so it doesn't matter. I look at him and I'm like, because, you know, because the whole ride home, I'm telling him, you know, I'm supposed to be at the game right now, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm supposed to be at this game, not just at the game, but with Ice Cube. And I'm instead, I went to your little bunk, uh, you know, uh, uh, company <laughs> retreat that didn't, you know, that didn't live up to the hype to begin with. So anyway, long story short, we get, you know, we get to my spot. Well, you know, you know, we're watching the game. That you know, it looks like they're going to lose. Me personally, I'm bad. I'm I'm hot. I'm as hot as could be. You know, when that fourth quarter starts and they're right. down, so you know, you know, going on twenty points. All of a sudden, they start coming back. They start hitting shots. Uh, you know, blocking shots on one end and knocking down threes on the other end. So you know, so, uh, uh, turning a turnover into a three, not just a two. Mm. Uh, getting the and one. You know, do, doing all doing all of the basically flip. They flip the they flip the switch. And it all worked out perfectly, mm -hmm. uh, all the way down to that last thing. So we get to that to that lob, and it's you know Brian to Shaq, and then the dunk, and the freaking place goes almost cuss. The freaking place goes crazy, and I turned to my boy and I was like, "Mfer, I was supposed to be at this, <laughs> at this game." And a yep. couple other choice words. I'm supposed to be at this game right now. Wow. But as funny as you know it, it's funny how things work out matter of fact that was right before my 21st birthday because cube took me to game two uh so i watched game two in the you know up in his box with him and then that was also the same summer that i ended up uh going to the up and smoke concert for you know, the first year nice. uh, you know, of course as, as a guest of him mm -hmm. so it was pretty incredible you know even though i missed one of the greatest games of all time it ended up working out so maybe i did name drop a little bit but hey it is what it is hey man i i, I was at home you know, this is 2000, so I'm probably like a uh, junior in high school, and uh, I wasn't the biggest Shaq and Kobe fan yet. Um, uh -huh. So, you know me, a big, big Knicks fan, and I, th I thought the Knicks, to me, the 2000 finals should have been L.A. and New York. Um, not L.A. Indiana, not Portland, uh, Indiana. It should have been L.A., and New York, uh, New York lost in Game Six of the Conference Finals to Indiana. I'm like, shit, could have had LA, but LA goes on to win the whole the whole chip. And I think that Game Seven, man, um, it, it, it's funny. Everybody can have the conspiracy. A lot of Portland fans might still go back to that game and say, hey, you know, there's Shaq and Kobe referees, but still, the two best players on on the floor were on the Lakers, and it's yep. like. That's no, that's no shots at Rashid and Steve Smith and you know my boy Scotty. But that Monty. roster, that that Portland Trailblazer roster, is like a roster you would say, if you had to pick five, ten teams that had a dope roster that should have won, that should have won the title, uh -huh. you, could, you could put that, you could put that Blazer team on that roster. Absolutely. Like without question, they, they they were locked and loaded. Uh, you know, we didn't even mention Arvidas Sabonis to you know still hooping. You know, they were locked and loaded and ready to go. Yeah. It, but it just so happened, you know, you get down to a quarter, you get down to a game mm -hmm. in a series. You know, it, it if you end up with the two best players on one team, yeah. and it, I'm not even saying it was like leaps and bounds better, even though I, I do think that. Um, Chances are they're going to come out successful. It doesn't always happen, but the odds are that they're go they're going to be successful, and it ended up being that. Yeah. So for any Portland fans, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I will throw a little bit of shade for any Portland fans still crying about that because I do see it on the timeline from time to time. Shaq and Kobe didn't cause you know Scottie Pippen hit the side of the backboard on a shot. He didn't cause. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Hey, hey, he didn't he didn't cause y'all to you know to completely sink in and not pay attention to guys hitting corner threes and hitting you know top of the arc threes. Y'all chose to do that. 
yeah, so, it, it was it was, it was it was just a moment. I think the moment got a little too big. I'm not saying that uh, they weren't uh, you know experienced, but it it just became too big. Game seven on the road, and surprisingly, you know, LA was LA was up three one in, in in that series. And uh-huh. Just and they just, fought, and they fought back. Just for them, just for them to get to a game seven, which is crazy enough. And then you got Bonzi Wells, you got Damon Stoudemire, you had Jermaine O'Neal on the bench, you got Brian Grant on the. It, you you had a yep. roster. Yep, no excuse. They even had the quote unquote Kobe stopper at that, or was he later on? Was was oh, Ruben Patterson a little Patterson? bit later? He might have been a couple years. Might later. have been later. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that was the following year because I know L.A. played Portland. I think the year year. Uh, the following year, and I think '02 in the playoffs, and they they got they got they got him out of here too. So and '04, because if I'm not mistaken, '04 was the year where Kobe hit uh, that came down the stretch. Like the may, might have even been the last game of the seat of the yeah. regular season in Portland, where he yes. hit those two threes against yeah. him. But then I think they ended up playing him in the postseason again. That was crazy. That was crazy. I I, I saw that highlight last month, and I, I put the video out on Twitter, and I'm like. Like like how the how the fuck Kobe how did he make that shit? How? How? <laughs> how did he even see the basket? I I don't even know what was tougher. The one where he got he got caught with the defense and they got two guys on him. He turned around, threw it up, or him getting the ball, making a quick turn, throwing it up high in the air in overtime, and it goes in. I don't know which one was more difficult. The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, hey, one thing I'll say about Kobe, he he earned this moniker, the greatest bad shot maker of all time. I I, I have not seen another guy that can that made that many bad shots with such frequency. Mm. I'll ask you this. I know I'm going to run through some other stuff in in, in a bit, but, you know, the myth or the quote unquote myth that that Kobe had Shaq. And that's why he won the three rings. But then you look at the numbers. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe was getting 24, 25 a game, 30 a game uh-huh. in the finals or in the conference finals. He was putting up numbers. Kobe took over game four, 2000, Indiana, when, yes. when Shaq fouled out. When Shaq fouled out, exactly. So, uh, on, on, a, on a gimpy ankle at that. Yeah. Look, there's, 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 there's going to be folks that never give Kobe, you know, the credit that he probably deserves. No, that he absolutely deserves. Uh, part of it, you know, some, some for some people it's a personality thing. For some people, it's a matter of you know what took place later in his career, you know, a little bit later in his career. For other people, they just don't like him. For other people, it just so happens that he was trying to mimic their all-time great. So that you know that that's going to rub some folks the wrong way. But like I, you know, like I said going in. Uh, you'd be hard pressed to find, you know, ten to fifteen uh, people that have ever played this game at a higher level than Kobe. Yeah, I've got him in my top ten. I recognize I am biased, but <laughs> hey, hey, it is me what it too. is. See, the difference between me and other folks is I straight up acknowledge it. Me too. I, like I will straight up acknowledge it. Other folks will be like, oh no, well you know I I just don't. Think. Nah, man, he's in my top ten, just like everybody else's favorite player, <laughs> your favorite player for you know, for a long period of time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, there's gonna be folks that that, that just never give him quite the credit he deserves. But I, I agree with you. They had each other. Now Shaq was the more dominant player at the start of their run, no question. Mm-hmm. By the end of their run, Kobe was neck and neck with him, if not better. So Kobe is, is in my top ten. He might be. I'm uh, not might be. He's he, he's in my top five. He might be top oh. three. I'm letting you know. Okay. I got I got Mike, I got Kobe, and I got LeBron. 
I think I think and nobody on planet Earth can just say, you know what, Dan, that's a that, nah, I, I can't agree with you. You get Michael, LeBron, and Kobe in your top three, you can't argue with me. I think I had him at seven, but it's it's also because I have such a reverence for you know the eighties. Yeah. Okay. And and, and and you know, so I got Cap, and, you know, in my top three. Um, I got Magic in my top five. Uh, I got Bird in that same mix. Uh, you know, it, it, it gets real tough. But yeah, like, um, a matter of fact, for Hoop Mag, when I first joined the podcast, we did our top 50 of all time mm-hmm. last summer, as a matter of fact. Nice. Uh, I think I had them at either seven or eight. Uh, I think Josh had them at 12. And our super producer, Jamie Oppenheim, if I'm not mistaken, he had him at like 15, but he also admitted after the fact, because I, I pressed him on it, like, yo, what? Hold up. 15. Uh, he, he's like, I just hate the guy. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I respect that. At least you acknowledge that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of folks that don't, but, you know, yeah. that's it's crazy. all good. Co- you know, look, like I said, you'd be hard pressed to find, to genuinely find 10 to 15 people that played this game at a higher level. So in the 2000 finals, real quick, Shaq averaged 38-17, two assists, one steal, and three blocks. Uh, uh-huh. Kobe, 16-5-4. Uh, I think that's where people might say, yeah, you know, he had Shaq in the roster. But when you go yeah. to when you go to 0-1, mind you, uh, Shaq was the MVP of that of that finals. Um, Shaq in 0-1, 33-16-5. Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, man. Shaq was, I'm telling you, like, that's what I'm saying. When it came to the finals, yeah. Shaq wasn't playing any games, but, man. But Kobe, 25, 25, 25, 8, and 6. Yep. In 0-1 finals against Iverson. Like, and, like that's and, the, yeah. And like, playing, light, you know, lights out defense. Now, you weren't going to shut Iverson down. In fact, no. in that first game, they didn't put Kobe on him enough, and he ended up going off for either 45 or 50. But he had pivotal, you know, pivotal uh, stretches over the course of that series where he locked him up and frustrated him. Yo, Jabari, I tell you, man, that game one, 01 Ooh. finals, that's probably one of my top 10, 15 games of all time. Hey, I'm gonna tell you, I was sweating. I was sweating like I was. I was in the game. I was sweating like Patrick Ewing <laughs> in the fourth quarter. Like, man, can somebody stop this dude? I was cussing Derek Fisher like I was a Utah Jazz fan. <laughs> I was. I, I was all types of mad at that, but I had to respect the fact that that man went into Staples and said, "Not today." No, AI. Listen, man, AI was a different guy man and you know again he had that one vote for the for the uh for the mvp the year prior he and he definitely deserved uh this one in, in 01 uh ai but it just yeah and then you look at ai and in, in in his prime 26 a game he, i don't know what i don't even know what his lowest average was and on, on a career and then you mentioned Memphis, and you could mention Detroit, and mention Denver, and you still look at, look at those numbers. I was still average twenty five for a career. One one of the fiercest competitors I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like the funny, like have you ever met AI? No, I never. Dude, dude is not six foot. Like all these people saying, like, oh, he's about six foot, six one. I think he's honestly legitimately about five eleven, maybe six foot. He might be my and height. Little. I'm talking about like physically small. Yeah, and then but, we, then like someone like me who who might who, he might I might, might be the same height. I can be like this guy right here played yeah. the NBA for 15 years, MVP, All Stars, got 27 a game, and really, 
Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's remarkable. There's a lot of folks, especially the ones that really really enjoy the numbers and and, and all of that. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna denigrate them, but I will say if you are if, you know, if if you rely solely upon oh well look at his efficiency this that and the other and you don't truly understand the game, well then you're probably, you're missing a lot of what's great about it. Uh, there's a lot of folks that you know that 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 will downplay. You know what Iverson was. You know from a you know from a basketball standpoint, from a cultural perspective. Well, quite frankly, because they don't fully understand that side of it. Right. Uh, but Allen Iverson was one of the fiercest competitors I've ever seen, and I've been watching the game of the. I, I've been watching and understanding the NBA since the mid '80s. So let me ask you this: In their prime, in Shaq's prime and Kobe's prime, who was, who was, um, who was Shaq's biggest rival as a player, and who was Kobe's biggest rival as a player? Ooh, Shaq's biggest rival as a player, to be honest with you, it was probably Alonzo. It was probably Alonzo Morton at a because he he genuinely seemed to hate Alonzo when they played against each other. Like there's some mutual respect and, a, and at least an apparent reverence now. Mm-hmm. But when they actually, you know what? What am I saying? It's David Robinson. Shaq hated David Robinson. Oh yeah, and still yeah. and still to this day seems to seems like he's not a fan of him. I don't know if that story is true because the you know, the, the the saying is or the the story is that when Shaq was I think was at Cole uh, High School in the San Antonio area or in, yeah. you know, in somewhere in Texas that he got slighted by you know by D Rob. I don't know how true that thing is, but for whatever reason Shaq believes it, and and it was evident anytime they played. And what about Kobe? Kobe, man. He has some battles, man. And like honestly, you play twenty years, and quite frankly, you have a, a a prime that extends, you know, a good twelve to fifteen, you know, you know, solid years. You're gonna have some battles, but Ray Allen was one of them. A lot of people don't remember that one, but Ray, he, uh, Bean and Ray Allen used to go at it and mm. did not like one another. Ray Allen still talked about that man, like, like in the toward the end of his career. Uh, you have, you know, you know, he had some fun times with Rajah Bell. He had some fun times with Tracy McGrady for sure. In fact, I think he names Tracy McGrady as his toughest as his toughest cover. Um, uh, uh, Tony Allen, he, you know, Tony, you know, Kobe names him as as the guy that defended him most consistently uh, and, and 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 the hardest. But in terms of actual contemporary, uh, you know, players that he went up against, probably T Mac. T Mac was tough, man. I, I man, tell T- people that T Mac at some point. I'm not going to say T-Mac was better than Kobe. I, at some point, there was a, a, a maybe oh two three four one of those years that a lot of people said that if T, T-Mac is just on, this, is on the same level as Kobe Bryant, may not be better, but he's right there. Or some people say, you know what, T-Mac is better because of what T-Mac can do all around on the floor. Kobe was a scorer. He'll pass, he'll rebound, whatever. But T-Mac was... At that point, more of an all-around player. I, I think that's why. And we're talking about prime Orlando Magic T-Mac. Not Houston. We're talking about Orlando. And, oh, yeah. And, and T-Mac, many people had T-Mac either slightly above Kobe or slightly a little beneath Kobe. But it, it was really neck and neck. All right. So here's my stance on this. And this is coming from someone that also appreciates T-Mac more than most. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of folks that were looking for reasons to put, you know, like to, to put somebody up there with Kobe. They didn't like his they didn't like his style, you know, like being beyond the MJ stuff. They didn't like the fact that he was cocky as, as any player that, you know, that you've ever seen. Right. Um, 
I don't, I, I don't, I don't feel that T Mac was ever on the same exact plane as him. But I do think that there was, like you said, oh one, oh two, oh three, you know, like in that range, he was right there with him. And I'll, I'll take it a step further. If you swap them, I think T Mac and and uh, and and Shaq could have also won, you know, won titles together. That's not to take anything away from you know uh, from Kobe because you know because you you already know how I feel about about Kobe being that guy. But I, I can see that now. The one that I will absolutely dispute because it's just not true. People used to try to put Vince Carter in the same conversation, and it, and, and look, no disrespect to the legend, no disrespect to this man that's still going. No. We can stop that conversation right here. <laughs> it, 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 it was not like you, you, you and I know when you look at a guy like whether, you know, whether you are looking at a guy on the NBA court or looking at one of the guys in your great tournament, it's a not mistaken. Hoops. was it hoops under the sun. Hoops in the sun. Yeah. Hoops in the sun. Excuse me. No problem. Whether you're looking at a player out there or on an NBA court, you know when they're the goods and when they're not. Uh-huh. And you also know when somebody is 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 just, is just significantly or at least just better than the other guy. Kobe was better than Vince. He just was. Uh, but the T-Mac conversation, it, it was a, at least a conversation for a couple of years. Okay, so so we're down we're down to T Mac, AI, and Ray Allen as like Kobe's biggest rival you know, rivalries, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I I think so. I, I, at the same time, you're answering me. I went. I heard about that 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 Shaq David Robinson thing. I heard about it, and I remember there's there's a thing where Shaq kind of made it up to kind of motivate him because I, I think it started when David Robinson won the scoring title in '95. Yep, when um, they when they went to him all the all the way down the stretch against the Clippers and gave him 71, 71. Uh, in order to beat Shaq. Right, so now either Shaq was looking to win the scoring title or the MVP. I think David Robinson won the MVP that year, so Shaq won and won, uh, one or the other or both. And now, somehow in his mind, he just said, "You know what? I met David Robinson one day. I went to get an autograph, he and he didn't give it to me. And now I don't like him." He did, he said himself he made he made the whole shit up. So that that oh, okay. that that that's Shaq, <laughs> that, that Shaq for you. Hey, you know, and you know, here's the funny thing about it. Uh, a lot of folks don't recognize NBA NBA players and just professional athletes, people in general, will use certain things in order to motivate themselves. Professional athletes are always looking for something to to use, you know, like the, as motivation to like kind of you know garner that chip on their shoulder. And it doesn't shock me. It absolutely doesn't shock me. Shaq probably saw him as a guy that was, you know, you know, in the league at the time when he came into the league was already running, uh, had been a former, you know, rookie of the year, uh, had been a, you know, you know, obviously, you know, won the MVP in '95. You're exactly right on that, uh, and he he saw him as somebody that had something that he wanted, and he was just going to take it. <laughs> so if he need, if he needed to you know come up with that story in order to motivate himself to you know to to, to destroy him anytime he went out there, I don't have a problem with that. Hey man, Elijah Wan just embarrassed David Robinson in that uh, conference finals with the with the Dream Shake bamboozle stuff. He just made you know. the truth of the matter is because Elijah Wan probably should have been that MVP that year. Elijah Wan wasn't playing. No, Elijah Wan was not playing in that series. You're right; he absolutely did destroy David Robinson in that series. Um, at any point in their career. I'm pr- the answer is probably yes, but I, I, I'm trying to find out what year. Any point Shaq was the best player in the NBA? If so, what year? At any point that Kobe Bryant was definitively the best player in the NBA? If so, what year, what time frame are we talking about? 
For me, Shaq was the best player in the NBA the moment Jordan retired until Kobe was probably the best player in the NBA right alongside Duncan, right alongside Garnett, mm. 04-ish. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that say like Kobe was never the best player in the NBA. Whatever, you know, that, that that's fine. Yeah, I disagree. We'll have to respectfully disagree. I think he was in like say 04 through 07 ish. Uh, you know, once LeBron, you know, kind of took that next step, it, it was LeBron. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like Kobe was like way below. He was right there, just the same for another couple of years. But I would say Shaq, 99 through 2003, 2004-ish, even though in 2003, you know, he did the whole silly, I got hurt on, on company time, I'm going to get better on company time. <laughs> messed, messed up that run. They ended up going to four to, four, to, four finals in five years instead of five in a row. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Am I a little bit bitter about that 20 years later? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, no, th- th- that, that's my honest answer on it. What do you, what do you think? Uh, I know Kobe was the best player in the NBA at some point. I'm just trying to figure out what year because, again, you got LeBron in there. You got Duncan in there. Because when it comes to Kobe's era, it's it, it comes down to, as far as titles go, you got him, Shaq, and you got Duncan. Um, Garnett is in the mix a little bit, but not as much because Duncan, you know, ultimately had, what, three titles in that era. Um, yeah. Same with Kobe. Same with Shaq. Shaq got four uh, in 06, and Kobe goes on to get uh, four, four and five in uh, 09 and 10, and then yep. Duncan gets five in totality. So when it comes down to, to that era, it comes down to Shaq, Kobe, and, and Duncan. But I think Kobe, I think the Black Mamba Kobe in one of those, I would say, you know what? Best player in the NBA is Kobe Bryant. And LeBron, had, LeBron was there doing very well, pretty good. But still, he wasn't better than, better than Kobe just yet. Look, I'll say this, and, and people will downplay it because they didn't end up, you know, winning anything in the postseason. But if you go back and you look at that roster, it's obvious why they weren't, you know, why they didn't win anything in the postseason. You can't tell me that Kobe wasn't the best player in the NBA in 06. He, he Kobe was the best player in the, in the NBA in 06. I say it started in 04, but at the very minimum, 06 was Kobe's year. Oh, the same year Steve Nash won the MVP. Yeah, I, 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 I've already learned my lesson on that. People get extra sensitive <laughs> whenever people get extra sensitive when I remind them that the following the malice in the palace when David Stern, who is very problematic, um, you know, very you know, great for the you know the, the NBA in terms of globalizing it and you know really riding the backs of you know Bird and and, and Magic and then obviously Jordan after that, uh, you know, from a financial standpoint, also very problematic. So the 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 year that the malice in Palace happened, and in the two years following, it's not as coincidence that while David Stern was saying things like, "Oh, we you know we need to get these guys looking professional and looking you know looking appropriate," yeah. uh, and, and 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 suspending guys you know that, you know that he deemed as problems for his bottom line, that Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki won those three MVPs. I'm not taking anything away from those guys, and there will be people that say, "Oh, well, you're just being you're just saying that because they're white." No, I'm saying because they are white, they they were elevated. And, and 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 they were and they benefited as a result. Kobe Bryant was the MVP in 2006. Listen, man, a lot of people. It, you know what? It's how I feel about O2. I think Jason Kidd should have been uh, MVP in O2 and not Tim Duncan, but because of the, if you look at the numbers, yes. 
But look at how the turnaround that J. Kidd did in New Jersey. You're going from 20, uh-huh. 25 wins one year to 52 the following year. Number one seed, go to the finals. How, finals. Is, how is he not the MVP? Now, Kobe, they might say, yeah, he, 35 a game, but he was like seven seed. You know, like, and, and they yeah, they made the playoffs, but they lost in round one. So how is he the MVP? But I could say, listen, Dirk was MVP in 07. Yeah. The very next year, and he and lost, lost in round, in round one. one. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, uh, listen, man, Steve Nash in 05, 16, 12, and three. Yeah. So and and, I, and that's the year Shaq gets mad at for not winning yep. that year. Uh, again, I'm not to take anything away from those guys, but. I genuinely believe, and I can, you know, like anybody that wants to get at me, you know, you know, get at me on Twitter about it. I genuinely believe that there was some definite uh, fat thumb going on, and by fat <laughs> thumb, I'm talking about like we, uh, yeah, I, it's a, it's a, it's a reference from the wire, of course. Mm. But when you're trying to make sure that somebody picks a certain guy or doesn't necessarily pick another guy, uh, you know, I think things like that can take place for three consecutive years. I'm going to go back to LA 01 in, in, in a second, but Steve Nash in, in 06, 19, 11, 19, 11, and 4. Very good. And, <laughs> he said very good. Yes, yeah, pretty decent. But yeah. Kobe, we're talking about 06, 35, 5, and 5, and two steals. Yep, and still and still locking up at that point. Like that, it it it. I I I refuse to let people forget the fact that Kobe was a lockdown defender yes. for the first like say twelve you know twelve ish years of his career. Mm-hmm. Nobody you know nobody maintains it you know in their late career. So like you, you know what we you know what you saw you know of him stumbling around you know after your know, post Achilles that you know that's not expected. Uh, but those first you know ten twelve years in terms of you know in terms of intensity in terms of the defense that he was bringing it wasn't even funny and to be fair Shaq he uh you know he wanted the 05 MVP he had 23 23 10 three assists two blocks with Miami yeah you know <laughs> it, I understand okay so like if it's just the two of them I get why they, you know they would have edged out you know, edged them out with Nash mm. Be, you know especially considering that like I said I think there was a there was a definite agenda at that stage uh, from a business perspective and from an optics perspective but I also see where Shaq's coming from because you know he he, he was you know he was all you know every bit as uh, transformative in that year uh, you know for uh, for Miami. Yeah, because Shaq Shaq should have been more than a one-time MVP. Uh, yep. Kobe should have been more than a one-time MVP, and it's amazing how 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 that worked out. Where two of the more dominant players in the league, and then you then you figure out who won who won the MVP for let's uh-huh. say two thousand to, to twenty ten, like in, in their prime years. Who won it? So O one with Iverson, O two with Duncan, O three. Was that 03? Was, wasn't Duncan again? Is that KG's year? Or no, KG, KG was either 04. 03 or 04, one of the two years. KG was 04, 03. 03 might have been Duncan again. I, might have been Duncan, yeah. He might have gone back to back. Right, so 05, 06 was Nash. Dirk uh, 07, Kobe 08, 09. Would have been LeBron. LeBron in 2010. 2010. Either 2010 or 2011 was Derrick Rose, but I think LeBron got it twice in a row, and then 2011 was Derrick Rose, right? So, hey, Shaq and Kobe got one MVP, but look who you lost to, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, there's no shame in it. No, 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 no. Um, I want to go back real quick to O one because you know the the Lakers went fifteen and one in that playoff run, and when it comes to to the to the debate or conversation about greatest greatest teams of all time, people throw in the O one Lakers. Uh, I did it like I told you before. I did the show with John about the Celtics. He's he told me. The 86 Celtics are the best team of all time. I said, what about the 96 Bulls, which you could put up there? He mentioned the, the, the 17 Warriors, but I want to give some love to the 01 Lakers. And for you, I, I'm pretty sure they won over 60 games, 15 and won the playoffs. Um, does the 01 Laker team get underlooked? And where would you rank them as far as greatest greatest teams of all time? I mean, I don't think they get over. I don't think they, you know, they're underappreciated or anything because people genuine, you know, generally will mention them when they're having these conversations. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, 01's up there. That 86 uh, Celtics team was incredible, so they're in the conversation. The 87 Lakers team was incredible, so I think they're up there. Uh, the, you know, 96 Bulls, you can't you can't sleep on that. You know, 72 wins, and you know, they ended up finishing the deal with the you know with the title. Right. Uh, you know, that 73 win. Um, you know, at 73 win, uh, I was going to say Nuggets, but you know who I mean. Um, <laughs> uh, man, how, how quickly we forget about them when, when they fought, when they when they stumble. But the Dubs, the Warriors, uh, even though yeah. that team didn't win the finals, you know, they, that's up there as well. There, there's a lot of teams that are in the mix, but I don't. For me personally, not 01 is up there. Like 01 is a top three is a top three all time team to me. So, are you taking 01 Lakers? I, I, th- I throw in a few matchups. 01 Lakers, 86 Celtics. Ooh. I know. 01 Lakers, because I, honestly, I, I just don't think anyone had an answer for 01 Shaq. Like, you, as, as much as I've been sitting here talking about Bean being incredible, you know, Kobe being there, I don't think anybody had an answer for 01 Shaq. 01 Lakers, 17 Warriors. We playing by t- I mean, it, it, the reason why these these conversations are tough because like we remember those teams in the era that they played. Right. So like if, you know, so like if we're playing by today's standards, you know, seventeen is tough to beat because they're you know they're shooting threes like crazy. They're they're locking up you know like crazy. They've got you know several all timers you know on that team just like those you know just like those other squads. Uh, but you know what? Whatever. I'll be biased. I'll go for it. And I'll, I'll I'll make some some Warriors fans mad. I'll still take a one. Okay, 01 Lakers, 96 Bulls. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> so you back me into a corner here because you know I, I want to continue to roll with my team. I think that would be a great series. There's no answer for there's no answer for Shaq. There's no answer for Mike. Uh, there's no answer for Kobe. Uh, you know, we've seen there can be an answer for you know for Pippen. Uh, but the truth of the matter is they also still had Rodman. They also still had all those other vets that were just perfectly crafted for that, you know, for that trio. Uh, you even mentioned Tony, uh, Tony Kukoc earlier. Man, it, I, all right. I'll be I'll, I'll be fair. I'll go with I'll go with that, you know, with that Bulls team. Mm. But I'm doing it begrudgingly, just so you know. <laughs> because because John told me he'll take 86 Celtics over 96 Bulls, too. Well, I mean, uh, he's a Celtics guy, yeah. uh, but that '86 Celtics team was nasty, man. Like, you know, like, like, let's be real about it. They, they, they were nasty. 
Uh, you know, anytime you've got Bird and you, you know, you still got Paris, you've got McHale at the top of his game, you've got Dennis Johnson at the top of his game, you know what I'm saying? You got Bill Walton coming off the bench. Uh, you, you know, they, they had a lot on that team. They had a lot. So, look, you know, for somebody that is a diehard, lifelong Celtics guy, I, I, I'm not going to begrudge him for, you know, for, you know, for choosing the 86 Celtics because they were nasty. Right. Um, kind of fast forward a little bit. So the, the Lakers get the three-peat. They beat uh, Indiana, Philly, and New Jersey for the three-peat. You know, not the, more, not the most flashy, it seems, but still, they won all three. Shaq with MV, uh, finals MVP all three years. So Kobe never, never won a finals MVP in, in that Shaq era, which is neither here or there. But Shaq, is, uh, they're both three-time champion. Um, in 2 again, back to the myth and the conspiracy, like I mentioned with Portland. You know where I'm going with this. Um, Sac- oh, yeah. Sacramento. Um, again, Sac- 2002 Sacramento Kings. Is this on the same roster as the 2000 Blazers as a great all-time team yep. that should have won a title? Uh, those two, 94 Seattle Sonics. I, I, I can go on and on. Um, yeah. Do you think the Lakers should have lost that? Should have lost that series? Um, I know the myth of Game Six with the referees. It'll 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 never go away. Weber still brings it up, which I, he has every right to, every right to bring it up. Yeah. Um, but what do you make of that series and the turning point of a what if? What if Sacramento had beaten the Lakers? Would the dynasty have ended earlier? Um, do they come back and remain the same? I know there's the beef between Shaq and Kobe was a, a, I think ongoing. A lot of questions in that series. So. What's your overall take of the Sacramento LA 2000 Western Conference Finals? I think uh, the the Kings probably should have won that series. They should have won it. They should have gone out and gotten it. They had home court. They had a game seven. They had you know at, you know at home. They had a game seven overtime at home and didn't and, and didn't get the job done. Now in game six, yeah, there were some questionable calls. I look, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie about it. There were some questionable calls, but again, in every game, there's you know like there's questionable calls in every single game in every single series. Um, I, I get it. Sacramento fans are never going to let that go. The Kings fans are never going to let that go. Hey, and I respect it. That's fine. But if they look themselves in the mirror, they can look at them several times in that series. They matter of fact, they should have gone up three one when they, when the Lakers tied it up two two at Staples because Vlade Divac ended up with the greatest assist of his entire career, where he batted batted the ball back to Robert Ory for that top of the key three pointer. Yeah. That should have been a three one series. The Lakers had no business winning that, but they left the door open. And anytime you got you know anytime you got those guys that have been on those runs, they're going to capitalize, or you know more often than not, they're going to capitalize, and the Lakers did. So I respect it. I understand why Kings fans are still upset about it. But deep down, they know they should have gone out and won it and not be whining about this now. And then it would have been Sacramento, New Jersey in your 2002 NBA Finals. Imagine that. Yeah, uh, probably not a lot of, you know, probably probably <laughs> not quite the viewership that they had with the Lakers. So, so I get another another reason why folks will say like, oh, the NBA wanted this to be the case. I get it. Yeah. But, hey, sorry, man. And, 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 <laughs> and then we had a, a sweep of the Lakers in New Jersey. Uh, j- j- just, just no chance. I thought, yeah. I thought New Jersey would have won one game, like Philly did. 
but there was no Iverson on his roster. So, you know, J. Kidd did all he could and Kenyon, those guys. But um, Shaq, 36, 12, and 4 in that final series. Kobe, where's Kobe at? 27, 6, and 5 in that 2002 NBA Finals. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. 2002 uh, finals was light work, man. Like, it, it was. Like, everybody <laughs> that everybody that went in that series, we always thought, we were like, okay, this this should not go past five. And quite, yeah. and, and clearly, it didn't even go past four. So, right. I, you know, not, not, not to denigrate, uh, you know, Byron Scott and Jason Kidd and those cats that went back-to-back years. You know, Byron Scott was coach at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that was a mismatch. And like, Ella, come on, man. They, they were starting Tom McCullough at center against Shaq, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> we don't even, I don't, we don't have to, we don't have to do this to Nets fans. <laughs> no, I mean, it, yeah, they have McCullough, they have Van Horn, Luchas Harris, Kittles, Kenya Martin, a rookie, uh, Richard Jefferson, Jason Kidd. Yeah. I mean, a, a pretty, pretty good roster, but to, to win the chip and that team made the finals back to back years, which is cr- even crazier. Yeah, you know, and, and and that's a testament to them. You know, like the, the, uh, it's a, it's 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 it shows just how much of an impact Jason Kidd made on a team at that time. Right. Uh, you know, uh, it's funny. You know, you, you know, you had Josh on. You know, at, at, on another episode, and he poo poos the you know what Jason Kidd brought to that 2011 team, uh, that 2011 Mavericks team. But that's also because he loves Dirk and he doesn't want anybody besmirching anything that has to do with you know, with you know, with mm-hmm. Dirk's legacy. But the truth of the matter is, Jay Kidd was still getting it done at that stage. So nine years prior, yeah, he you know, he was that guy. So now you know Jabbar. With every peak, there's a valley. So now oh, yeah. there is the, the, the turning of where the Lakers were in 03. Now you got to put me in 03 because I don't re- I don't recall much about. It. I think Shaq was hurt yeah. uh, at some so, point. Yeah. So Shaq hurt his thumb if I'm not Wait, no, was it his toe or something? Maybe it was his toe. I think he hurt his toe. So he he hurts his toe uh like during the postseason or like you know late in that season mm. and you know late in the previous season and delays his surgery. Doesn't go, doesn't get it fixed over the summer. He's going out. He's, you know, whether he was making movies or TV shows, or whatever the case may have been, he's going out doing his thing, living his life. And he uttered the line of the century, and I don't mean in a positive way, but that was when it, you know I, I, I alluded to it earlier when he said, "I got hurt on company time. I'm gonna get healthy on company time." And I can't tell you how much that you know, you know just just uh, infuriated me and infuriated Lakers fans because the truth of the matter is a lot of times you know like you know people you know have short memories on this LA while LA loved Kobe LA was a shack town through and through so like any so like when they were beefing and going at it and going back and forth there was there, there, yes there was a there was a there was a contingency of Kobe fans that were you know defending him in the situation but most of us were you know were making excuses for Shaq saying like oh well Kobe shut up man like so what look at what he does in the finals look at what, uh, but that was the turning point that right there was a turning point because uh, you know he he's not ready to start the season they start the year something like 3 and 9 and then they scrap their way back you know he, he I'm not joking with you Shaq came in that season at about 360 serious wow like like it, it, he was big go back and look go back and look at those first you know, especially those first that first month he was huge slow but he was still effective he worked his way into shape they end up making you know they end up you know turning it around and looking pretty decent uh in the regular se- in the regular se- by the end of the regular season um 
you know, those of us that were diehard, diehard, were probably trying to convince ourselves that they would, you know, they, they'd be contenders again. But they ended up falling short. If I'm not mistaken, they lost in the, in the, in the, in the semifinals that year. And it was extremely disappointing. It's what ended up lead, it's what ended up leading uh, you know to uh, Mitch Kupchak and then, well actually Shaq getting on the phone calling up Gary Payton calling up Carl Malone and making that you know making that team you know that following year. So in 03, Kobe averaged thirty a game. Thirty, yeah. Thirty a game, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, one block. Shaq twenty eight and eleven. Um, Kobe was the best player on that team. Yes, you know, whether yes. it was a result of Shaq being out of shape or hurt or whatever, Kobe was the best player on that team. He already was. And then they lose to San Antonio in round two, like you mentioned. So that was the end of the three peat era. Um, yep. I think Phil Jackson is still there in '04, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah he was still there. Okay. So now in '04, Mr. Kobe Bryant. Trying to get the per game. Kobe Bryant, 24 game, 24, 5 and 5. Shaq, 22 and 12. So he's dipping. I think he only played 67 games. So did Kobe, 65 games. Uh huh. And they lose in the NBA Finals to uh, Detroit in five. And then you mentioned Gary Payton, Carmelo is on board. Yeah, they're a little older, but they're still veterans. They they can probably get you a title. And those two years, man, it, it, it's really a blur. I, I I am not a Laker fan, but it was really a blur of like how everything was so high in 02. Then you come back in 03 and 04, injuries and this beef and this bickering, who's the man and this and that. And and then you add two two veterans who who wants to win a title in, in uh, Gary Payton and Carl Malone. Now Carl Malone gets hurt at some point, right? Yep. And and that and I was gonna tell you that was when it was over. When Carl Malone got hurt, they no longer had that third guy because and this is and I never thought that I would say this and people don't bring this up very often because of the reverence that we all have for the glove. But the glove was asking out of games. He disliked playing in the triangle so much, the restrictive nature, you know, for his type of game of the triangle that he was asking out of games and, say, and saying things like, "My confidence is sh- is shaken." And this is, you know, veteran like thirteenth year Gary Payton. It was crazy, absolutely crazy. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, down the stretch and in the playoffs in the postseason. Uh, yeah, they, 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 uh, Phil was playing other guards. You know, you know, Gary still got in there, but yeah, it was it was disappointing. But once once uh, Carmelo hurt that knee, it we you know it wasn't going to happen. And, 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 and I think he hurt it like in the opening round of the postseason, or like right down the stretch of the of, of the of the season. So if Carmelo was healthy, you think that they would have beaten Detroit, or do you still think no matter what? Detroit younger, grittier. They wanted it more. Do you feel that that the Lakers were more relaxed and chill about it, or do you feel like Detroit was going to win no matter what? I think it's at least a series. It wasn't even a series at four one. You know, the one game being the game where Kobe hits the the game time bucket, and I think they win it in overtime game yeah. two at home. Um, but it's at least a series then, because Carmelo, you know, because Carmelo was still effective. He was old as dirt, but was still very effective, and and would have been and would have been uh, caused some matchup troubles. And instead, in the finals, they were playing Slava Medvedenko and like rookie Brian Cook. Oh boy, you not you not you not beating that you know yeah. as you just mentioned, hungrier, younger, grittier team playing 
you know, like you know, Brian Cook and Mike Medvedenko and Luke Walton in, in in you know in big situations. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, because you know, people look at people look at look at Detroit as like that 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 um like the underdog that beat the, the the top dog. Like you know, LA LA should have won that series. And you know, even you look at like the Mavericks. Like what they beat the Miami Heat with LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. Really, the Mavericks and who like who they got? Like and people could say who who Detroit had. And I'm like, hey. You got Chauncey there. You got Rasheed. You got Ben Wallace. You got Tayshawn Prince. You got Rip Hamilton. Like, hey, don't, don't, don't sleep on them. But they got the job done against the Lakers. Yeah, no, they, they did their thing. Look, that was a grinded, knock them down, drag them out, grinded out team. Uh, you know, obviously led by Larry Brown, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they get they get Rasheed the second half of that year. He's the perfect addition. Uh, I don't matter of fact, I don't think they win. I don't even think they, you know, they, they get to the finals if they don't make that sheet move and you know at, at the perfect time and right. bring him in there. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, that that was a special team. You know, Ben Wallace at the at the peak of his of his powers. Rip Hamilton, as you mentioned, young Tayshawn. Uh, you know, Chauncey. You know, playing at you know playing at. Uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he won the Finals MVP that year, playing at you know at the highest level of his career. Yep. You know, it, it, you you know as well as I do, and you know as well as anybody that watches this game, it's you know a lot of it is about timing as well. They hit it the perfect time, and the Lakers simply didn't. So, real quick, June fifteenth, oh four, was the end of the Shaq and Kobe era. That was the final yep. game they played together. Game five of the Finals. A lot of questions that going on. You know. Is Cobb coming back? Is Shaq coming back? Is Phil Jackson coming back? So now people people in LA are scrambling trying to find out what's gonna what's gonna happen. Then lo and behold, on July fourteenth, the Lakers trade Shaq to Miami. Do you know who he was traded for? Uh let's see. Brian Grant, uh Lamar Odom, Karan Butler, and maybe one more piece, but I think those were the principal folks. Uh, Butler, Odom, Brian Grant, and a future first-round pick, which would turn into Jordan Farmar in 2006. Okay, yep. Uh, Shaq went from number 34 to number 32, um, going back to Florida. And then now we get Shaq and Wade, and, and you know, it becomes Kobe's team, and, you know, he elevates into the Black Mamba character. Um... Were you surprised that Shaq was traded? Did you ever feel Kobe might be the one to go uh, as opposed to Shaq? So I could, you know, I could have, you know, the, the hindsight 2020 situation and tell you, no, I absolutely expected it. No, truthfully, on the ground level, being there in Los Angeles, we were all like, OK, so Kobe's gone there, right? But we were wrong and we were very, very wrong about the reasoning. Like, look. Testament to Dr. Buss, you know, R.I.P. Of course, he looked at that and said, "Okay, I got one guy that's that's hot right now. That's been, you know, been the big guy, the big dog on the block forever, and I got another guy that probably has another ten years and ten solid years in him." So he clearly made the right choice. But yeah, I personally thought that it was going to wind up being Shaq until I saw Phil out of the picture. Once Phil was out of the picture, I said, "Oh, well, hold up now, <laughs> maybe not." Because I, I think if Phil stays, I think I think I'll put it like this. I think Phil would have still been the coach and you wouldn't have had the half a year of Rudy Tomjanovich and, and, and Frank Hamlin only to have Phil come back. I think Phil still would have been the coach had they kept Shaq. 
Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, June June 18th. So on the timeline, June 18th, 04, three days after the finals, Phil steps down. So then, then they yeah. trade Shaq in July. So now you start you starting to see the avalanche. Like Phil's out, just just like just like Chicago. Phil's out, yeah. Michael's out, Scott is out, Robin's out. We all out. It's a new regime in Chicago now. With LA, Phil Phil Phil's gone. That might make people like, all right, what about me? Shaq gets traded. Um, so Shaq did not have a no trade clause, right? So it, it, it could have been they could have traded him, you know, anywhere, right? Yeah, they did him a favor by trading him where he wanted to go. Oh, okay, okay. Wow. And then he goes to Miami, and again, Butler, Odom, Brian Grant. You know, Odom. I think he became the bigger piece down the road. Um, and now it's it's Kobe's team. I, I, I'm not gonna get much into that because that's not the point of the show. It's really Kobe and Shaq era. But um, were you excited that you were gonna get after all the haters and naysayers like, oh, Kobe had Shaq. Now he finally gets his time to be like, you know what? Let me. Let me run my own team. Let me do what I do and see 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 what I can do when it's just my team and my team only. Were you happy about that? I know you probably love Shaq, but were you happy to say, you know what? I think it's time Kobe had his own his own team. So by the time the season ran around came around, I was all I was all about Kobe, and I'll tell you why. I can tell you the moment it happened after Shaq was traded in his press conference, in his in his media sessions. Or, you know, surrounding that press conference, he dogged out the fans of L.A. He talked about the organization, but he also said, like, oh, L.A.'s a fair weather town. Like, he dogged us. And in that exact moment, I said, oh, well, we're done here. So I was all about, you know, Kobe at that stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recognized that, you know, he was, you know, had uh, Chucky Atkins starting next to him and then Tierra Brown back in Chucky Atkins up. So I recognized Chris Mim in the starting lineup. I recognized what it was going to be. And then the following year, it ended up being Smush Parker, you know, in the backcourt with him, you know, being backed up by Jordan Farmer. You had a rookie in Jordan Farmer take Smush Parker's job two games, two, two games before the end of the year. That tells you, you know, how bad that situation was. Um, so I was, I was a realist about it, but yeah, I was definitely excited. You know, one, once it felt like Shaq was like f y'all, I was, I, I was all about like, okay, well, hey, look, I've always liked Kobe, but now he's my guy. Yeah, and do you feel that the the, the landscape of the NBA changed once Shaq got traded to Miami? Well, I mean, yes, you know, because anytime you you have that dominant of a force, and even though he was, you know, he, he was nowhere near what he was in oh, you know, two thousand and you know, ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one, uh, you know, you know, by the time we got to oh four, oh five, he was still a dominant force. Uh, you know, you 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 match him up with another young, you know, a young bull coming in, and then Dwayne Wade, and it was it was like, okay, it's go time. So I was, you know, I was excited about the overall NBA landscape. I wasn't too excited about the, you know, about the Lakers not, you know, you know, not making the playoffs that that first year with Kobe. You know, Kobe, if I'm not mistaken, it was Ira Newble. This is just how my mind and my memory works. It was Ira Newble with about 14 or so games left, stepped underneath Kobe under the basket, and he ended up missing the last 14 or so games of that year. Wow. Um, so I wasn't excited. I wasn't, you know, overly excited about our about you know the Lakers' chances, you know, during that time. But mm-hmm. by the time they got around the 07 and 08, it was like it was go time. But I want to, you know, just quickly say, you know, we mentioned, you know, like uh, Lamar was the biggest part of that deal for Shaq. Keep in mind, Karan ended up being traded the following year for Kwame Brown. 
Kwame Brown ended up being the principal figure in the in the uh, in the um, Pau Gasol deal. So it's funny how that all works out. It's 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 always funny how things work out. You know, they got they got Gasol for Quran. Uh, uh, um, no, it, it was uh, Kwame and, and, and Marcus. I mean, that's what I mean. Uh, Kwame, um, uh, Mark, the, the draft rights to Mark Gasol. Yeah, uh, the, the 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 young brother that ended up uh, getting in trouble. I think he's in prison now. Not Celestan, but um, Javaris Crittenden. Huh? Javaris Crittenden. Yeah, Javaris Crittenden. Oh, yeah, wow. Look at so that. they ended up, you know, they ended up, you know, making out in that deal for sure. Yeah, and everybody thought, oh my God, it is just what a heist! <laughs> they just gave away Pogasol a multiple time All Star to L.A. to Kobe. Wow, what is the NBA doing? Look, lo and behold, Marcus Gasol becomes a, a good player, uh, a champion, All Star. So it, it worked out eventually yeah. to a degree, but I can understand the frustration of you know fans. Uh, hearing Pogasol's name going to LA uh, real quick um, I did have Smush on the show a couple of weeks ago I'm not sure if you heard it but it was a great conversation I, go ahead I did not I've got to go back and listen ah, to so yeah we, I had Smush uh, a good hour and change you know we spoke about his, his career the Laker, the Laker tenure um, I thought it was great if you haven't heard it go ahead check it out um, but there was also a rumor that Kobe wanted out in 07 yeah, and a maybe potential rumor kind of deal had him going to either Chicago or the, or Detroit. Um, I think uh, Prince was involved, Hamilton, something like that. So you could imagine Kobe Bryant being traded or him wanting out in 07 to Chicago to Detroit. Even there's even a rumor that uh, they were trying to get Garnett from Boston in uh, 07. So it, there's a lot of what ifs out there, but. Mm -hmm. Still, Kobe Bryant uh, ending his career with one team is something that you don't normally see aside from Dirk and Tim Duncan. But um, just seeing his career ending with L.A. 2016, Shaq retired in 2011. Um, yeah. And they, they eventually, you know, hashed out everything. And, they're all, you know, as you, go, as you grow older, you mature. You kind of let time heal all wounds and everything is good. Um but I tell you this: when they met on Christmas '04, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I saw the numbers, very highly, highly anticipated uh, matchup on Christmas, and it became the highest-rated regular season game since 1998. And that game was later surpassed by the Christmas Day game between LA and Boston for the finals rematch in '08. So, kind of shows you. That a lot of people were interested in seeing check check against Kobe in uh, 04. Listen, I was at the game. I was at that. Christmas oh, really? Day game. Wow. Yeah. I used to go. To, I, I I used to go to like all the Christmas Day games. Like I went from, I would say from '99 through like '06. You know, pretty much all of them. You know, whenever they had one. Uh, yeah, we were very much invested in seeing that in seeing them, you know, uh, face off, you know, with one another, wow. and very much upset because, if I'm not mistaken, the Heat won that game. They did, and LA won the following year. Yes, wow. Hey, I was at the one they lost for sure. That's crazy. And then you know, Shaq Shaq ends up with four rings. Kobe gets five. Um, they did. They, they never meet in the finals as opponents. So, if someone said like. Uh, somebody my age or a young a young uh, fan and kind of narrow it down so Jabari you know 
talk to me about or explain if you can short words the Shaq and Kobe era. How would you define it? Is it more ups, more downs? Is it is it you know in between? How would you how would you describe the Shaq, definitely Shaq, more Kobe ups era? and downs and an absolute hell of a ride along the way. You know, from you know, we've been going for almost two hours. I just I, I just looked down and, look, and looked at the time, and we could go another two. Yeah, because I I, I got I got stories out you know, out you know, out the behind of, you know, about that period. Mm. The truth of the matter is, I think, and you know, Jordan fans will will get upset. You know, old school Lakers fans will get upset. Uh, you know, John Corrales, you know, respect to him, he'll probably get upset. I think Shaq and Kobe are the most dominant duo that I've seen. Now, obviously, Mike, you know, Mike and Scotty won six together. So we, I'm not trying to say that you know that Shaq and Kobe won more than them. That's very clear. Uh, but in terms of hitting at the exact same time, being great at the exact same time, and needing each other, and not you know not recognizing it at the time, or not wanting to acknowledge it at the time, needing each other every bit. You know, at, you know, one one needed the other just as much as you know, you know, just the same. Uh, it, it, it's one of the more compelling stories. I can't wait for the 30 for 30 on it. I'm going to tell you the truth on that. Oh, yeah. uh, especially because there's things that I wouldn't talk about publicly that I know. So I know for a fact there's all types of stuff that you know, that, that I have no idea about. I can't wait for that story. I got two more before I let you go. Um, are you taking number eight Kobe or number 24 Kobe? Man, that's a tough one. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm partial to eight Kobe because he was just so much of a physical freak and you know did some things that were just so incredible. And while I appreciated those last two, you know, two rings, those Shaq and Kobe rings were just so was so much fun, man. Maybe it's time of life. You know, I was in my early twenties uh, when they first started winning. I was in my late twenties when Kobe, you know, you know, finally, you know, finally got it together, and I, I, I you know, you know, got it together after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll tell you, I may have shed a tear that first year when they when they beat uh, Orlando. Uh, so I appreciate both of them. But I'm gonna go with eight because it was just there. There was something special about that time period. And in your opinion, who's on the Lakers' Mount Rushmore? Man, that's an impossible one. That really is. You know, you, you, look, I'm I'm gonna couch it by saying, or I'm gonna, you know. <sighs> okay, you know what? How, how about this? Who's on your Laker Mount okay. Rushmore? As, as long as we say it like that, like this, these are just my favorites. Right, Ooh, right. It's still tough. It's still tough. All right, Kobe and Magic in the backcourt. Ooh, yep. Two more. Well, three more. Co- uh, Co- oh, well, yeah. You, you know, Shaq will be on there. Right. All right, fine. Let's go, Kobe and Magic. The, my heart wants me to say James Worthy at the three, but it's LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, but in terms of like what they did as actual Lakers, it's James Worthy. Okay. Um, but you know, so Kobe and Magic in the backcourt, LeBron at the three. All right, fine. I'll cheat a little bit. Shaq at the four, Kareem at the five. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> All right, but now if Duncan can, can can fluctuate between center and power forward, I'm gonna cheat for that for that answer and, and, and do the same with Shaq. Right. But who's on your Lakers Mount Rushmore? I need I need four four Lakers who who's on your all time Mount Rushmore. Oh, okay, so oh so just four guys, got it. Right. Lakers Mount Lakers Mount Rushmore honestly is Magic, Kobe, Kareem, and Shaq. Because he got three of them and three Finals MVPs, it's tough to argue with that. Now, now that's yours, your personal Mount Rushmore, correct? Yes. Okay. Now let's have fun. If you a general, the the general Lakers Mount Rushmore, 
I think it's Magic. Uh huh. Kareem. Yep. Some could put Wilt. Yeah, I mean, Some, Wilt's an all-time great, but he won one with him, and you know, it was at the it, it was on the back end of his career. Okay, so we got that's all the argument against him. Like you know, people get mad about it, but it, it's not that I'm taking anything away from him. It's just right. for his time with the Lakers, he wasn't. Um, some could put Elgin Baylor. Some could put Jerry West. Yeah, especially if you factor in what Jerry West did as a as an executive on top of what he did as a player. That's why I feel like the Lakers are the toughest team to answer the all time Mount Rushmore. Man, it's impossible. Could be you want you want to know the truth? It's impossible, but it's it's a hell of a lot of fun, and you really can't be wrong with any of that combination that we just no. threw out there. Definitely, you got about six, seven, eight guys that that very easily could be on their Mount Rushmore. I mean, listen, a Mount Rushmore could have a coach too. So even Phil Jackson could be on there just for, just for coaching purposes, you know? Yeah, I mean, he could be for Chick Hearn. Yeah. Shout out to Chick Hearn. Yep. Pioneer of all NBA uh, 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 announcers. Yeah. Um, Jabari Davis, man, always appreciate you coming on the show. I, I really had fun with you. I enjoyed this episode. Uh, like I told you in uh, at the start, when it came to a Shaq and Kobe kind of uh, conversation, you were the guy I, I looked to get. I know we've been going back and forth trying to get this done, but I feel like, like you mentioned it. I didn't even know it was almost two hours. Uh, we can go yeah. on more and more. But I really hope that the people hear this and really take into account of, of how great that ever was. And um, maybe you can't you can't get that error back with some of the players you see now. It just it, it more genuine, more more of um it, it just two two of the greatest of all time playing at the same time on the same team in their prime. It's just very rare, I think, nowadays. Um so those who who never seen the, the Shaq Kobe era, the three peat, go ahead check it out. That's why they got Google and YouTube. Um, Kobe is in my top three of all time. Shaq is 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 in there somewhere. But uh, a a lot of a lot of knowledge today, a lot of information. I, I greatly appreciate you coming on. You can find Jabari on Twitter at Jabari Davis uh, NBA, co-host of the Hot Takes and Shot Fakes podcast on iTunes, Spotify wherever you find your podcast. Jabari, my man, thank you. My man, Ray, honestly, Randy, like I said, it, it, it was truly my pleasure. I'm glad we did finally work this out, you know, from a scheduling standpoint. And, uh, you know, just let me know when you want to do it again. I'm, I'm always up for it. No doubt, man. You, uh, you can also find the podcast on both SoundCloud, iTunes, and now Spotify. Just uh, type nice. in Retro Room, Cruise Control, give us a comment, rate, download, subscribe, or retweet, any, anything you do. We greatly appreciate the support. Jabari, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Truly my pleasure, man. Thank you again. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, you too. All right.